News Channel. You're listening to the Opie and Anthony Channel on Sirius XM. The Ron and Fez Show starts. Come on. Now! In the daytime Girl, I want to be with you all of the time The only time I feel alright is by your side Girl, I want to be with you all of the time All day and all of the night All day Mighty Mighty Kinks. That, of course, means only one thing on the show today for the third time, Ray Davies. That's how we roll. Ray Davies. That's ridiculous. Uh, Rorschach is a little dis- uh, depressed that nothing from the Village Green Preservation Society. Maybe we'll bring Ray in with something like that. Something from that lesser-known masterpiece. Uh, although, now some of those uh, songs uh, from that era, uh, thanks to Wes Anderson, people are catching on to. Uh, going to be a wild show for you today. We've got an unmasked to uh, come up with, and uh, maybe we'll get something signed by Ray and uh, do a contest and giveaway, sign Ray Davies stuff. Third time stepping in here. Uh, Joe says, well done, Centaur. Yeah, I appreciate the last part. I thought that was going to be your thing, Chris. <laughs> I think it was, it was thrust upon me. Oh. You're not like no, not like that. Hot. This whole show seems gay. Oh, this is uncomfortable. Um 
Fez Watley getting it up today. And his new gay shirt. Um, which, Fez, I have to admit, you're a million times better than you were yesterday. You think so? Yeah. Because, I mean, I'm being honest here, my new gay shirt, I am dying in my new gay shirt. Dying of fucking awesomeness? Hard-ons. I wish... It is so tailored and so tight, I can barely breathe. Gays wear it tight. I know, but this you tight... You, you look like a fat gay sausage. It's You're a good. perfect look for you. It's a plaid straitjacket, yeah. Ronnie. You know why you want to look like that? Because you want some fucking animal to get you out of it. You know? Mm. You're not playing around anymore. I mean, I want you guys to wear goggles for when the buttons start flying off of this thing. Mm-mm. They're going to love your rolls. They are going to love your rolls. This is a gift? Your milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. That's your fucking thing. Shows off a little of that chest hair, too. I like that. Yeah, you're rocking chest hair today. It's, you need to it, shave down. If, oh, I forgot. You're a bear. You're going to go with the bear thing. Yeah, it's the hair is actually squeezing through the fabric. That's how you can see it. Look, you tried to get advice from me and Chris. It's uh -huh. failed. Uh, you idolize Chris and you dress like him. Yep. That's been a failure for you. You can only take advice from two different things. Gay men and hot chicks. You gotta fucking stop taking advice from a bunch of fucking lumps who don't know what the hell they're doing. <laughs> Alright, but I, I, I You look unbelievable. I admit I don't know a lot about gay fashion. I admit. But let me ask you this. Should my oversized belly button be hanging out of the bottom of this tight shirt? You know what the fucking scene is this year, right? No. It's the drowned, bloated look. And you fucking got it, Fez. That's You're fucking pale, bloodless, bloated. Someone's going to fucking jump on you and start banging you. I've got the coloring for it. They're going to roll on you like a dog does when he finds a dead fish on the beach. So By the way, I would love to know... Why a dog will roll, and if they find a dead animal, they fucking roll around in it. And if they find a dead fish, they roll around in it. They like the stink. But why? They want. They want to. They mask their own smell. Yeah, because you know they're. I mean, I guess animals just have the instinctive worry of another animal to come fucking eat me. So what? Well, yeah, but what would you want to eat more than another dead animal or a dead fish? I think because it's rotten. Is that's why the animals will know not to stay. They know to stay but away you, from it. You would think that if they roll around on the scent. It would attract other animals coming after them, thinking there's a dead animal I can go eat. But do they ever eat dead animals other than a fucking vulture? Like, I don't think a bear will eat a, like a dead fucking wolf that he finds. We're the weird people that eat dead things. Animals eat fresh food. Still kicking. <laughs> this fucking blood still shooting out of it. I don't know if they like... Uh, fucking food that's been dead for a while. No, that's that's what they're gonna stay away from fucking rotting food. Other than the scavenger animals. Yeah, like a crow or a fucking. Yeah, I understand scavenger. Maybe animals. like a hyena. Yeah. But, Jackal. Yeah, but you're not gonna find them all in the same spot. <laughs> that's a tough neighborhood. Why? Those are the ones that you can beat up. Um. Anyway, the Ray Davies book is called uh, Americana. Uh, the Kinks, The Road, and The Perfect Riff. I'm going to highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. Um, and anybody who would like to win on the secret phrase, that is open for you today. We're giving away a once-in-a-lifetime thing, but you will only know 
if you call in with the secret phrase, and that wins today's prize. For anyone who thought we were joking about the secret phrase, we were nuts. No, it's... I'm looking at the fucking prize right now. And I'm talking kinda, about rolling in a dead animal. Yeah. And, this, and actually, I picked it up today, and I, I put it too close to my face. Horrific. It's gotten worse over the fucking... By the night. way, nobody could be doing a worse goddamn job on the phones than um, that goddamn intern, Vito. He's like, a, he's like the slowest, nuttiest... I'm watching the words that he puts up, and I'm just confused by it. Uh, Lab wants to explain to me uh, why uh, dogs roll around in dead animals. Hey, Roddy, you sound like a billion bucks. Buddy. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, so my dog actually did it, and I found out that it's because it, they mask their odor to hunt whatever it is that's dead. They basically try to smell like whatever it is that's dead so that they can stalk whatever it is. But these are, these are dogs that don't stalk anything. Well, I know. My dog doesn't stalk shit except for a hot dog you drop on the floor by a campfire. But he... Uh, yeah, he rolled around in a dead coyote once, and it fucking couldn't get the smell out for weeks. I've seen dogs rolling every goddamn thing. I saw a dog rolling in deer shit one time. Oh. And deer shit stinks like it was fucking baby shit. I don't know why, but that thing smells like a baby with uh, bad dietary fucking habits. Uh, Ryan, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, I was hoping I uh, might be able to, to win Fez's shirt. With what, the, what's, the, the, the what's the phrase that pays? The, the Ratty Fatty, and we'll go with Bonus Queen shirt. Ratty Fatty. Is that the name? Is that the? Is it the Ratty Fatty Queen shirt? No. <laughs> That's too bad. The Ratty Fatty uh, Queen shirt would have been perfect. Uh, John, you're on the Run of Fez show. Ronnie B, one million doctors. Secret phrase: Centaur loves horse cock in its mouth. <laughs> and yet it's true. <laughs> How could that fucking be true? Come on. Was that closer or further away than Ratty Fatty Queen shirt? Miles away. Unfortunately, further away, but I did love it. I don't know why people don't want this goddamn thing. Oh, beautiful shirt. We just want to get it out of here. It's The smell is awful. I'm not even fucking around. I got near my face, and I got fucking, like... Oh. oh, how did it get near your face unless you're trying to test out my musk? Oh, please. Ew. That Never that. That's a horrible thing to say to oh. another dude. Uh, Josh, do you know the secret phrase that pays? Yeah, old fatty rat shirt. Is it old fatty rat shirt? Pays pays. No. Ow. Um, the scary thing is I don't really remember the phrase that pays. <laughs> It's out there. Do you know something I noticed? Yeah. You smell like Fez right now. It's lucky. Because that goddamn shirt was too close to me. It was too close to my section in the office. You gave away the fact that it's a shirt that we're giving out. The old fatty, ratty queen <laughs> shirt. <laughs> That's wrong. Um, here's um, Kyle. Kyle in Arizona. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, buddies. Yeah. I got that ratty fat shirt. No, not... Not exact? Not exact. More specific, please. Uh, Garth, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, how about roly-poly sticking Fez's corn holy? That's it, isn't it? <laughs> it's not roly-poly sticking Fez's corn holy. It, it has nothing been. to do with my corn holy. That's almost blasphemous, calling that holy. Uh, coming up in a couple minutes, we're going to be uh, announcing a new Unmasked. 
And this is going to be a big one. Um, Dutch, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, buddies, and Hicks, you son of a bitch. I yeah. think it's the husky, musky man girdle. That's it, isn't it? <laughs> oh, come on. Wrong, no. dude. We ain't just giving this shit out for any, any crazy... If the this right works face. out, we're going to start giving out his old fat pants. <laughs> um, <laughs> I need those. Uh, Chris, you're on the Ron and Fez show. I got the phrase to say it's the uh, Riley, a GC Riley ass shaking saucer nip that pays, sir. Is that it? No. I've got a feeling no one wants to win this old stink shirt. We gave why. out a very specific secret phrase yesterday. Dusty, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, yeah, I was just going to tell you about my dog that used to roll around. And Go ahead. Smell very good. Uh, he would, I used to work out in the oil field and I would take him with me and uh, sometimes those oil haulers would... Uh, you know, uh, take a dump on the middle of our location. Sure. And uh, what I know, one time my dog was over. I looked over, and he was out in the middle of their location, rolling around. And I called him over to me, <clears throat> and it smelled like human shit. <laughs> and, I, and I got him up in the back of my truck, and I had some uh, hand wipe rags. And I could see it. You know, he was a white and black dog. It was all over his back, all the way down into his tail, all the way down both of his legs. And I was trying to wipe it off and wipe it off and wipe it off. And, you know what I mean? He just had to stay in the back of the truck. The Dude, I got news for you. You're a good man because I'd have shot his ass. I would have shot him right in the street before I had wiped some guy's ass off my dog. Just that fucking, fucking dog is ruined. Hose it down. It's a dog. If it, roll, if it rolls in human shit... Or if it gets raped, I'm shooting it. I don't want the shame. The rape isn't its fault. Um, well, look at Mr. Liberal over there. John, you're on the Run of Fez show. Got the phrase to pay. Yeah. The Ratty Fatty Stink Shirt. Ratty Fatty Stink Shirt. Not Ratty Fatty Stink Shirt. We are coming so close to this. Everyone's dancing around it. Uh, <laughs> Andrew in Texas. Yeah, Ronnie, I think the phrase that pays is Liberace Watley. Liberace Watley. No. Uh, Adam, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Yeah, the phrase is, dreams from Hicks is chicks with dicks. And that's got to be it. Definitely not. Uh, Bunny, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Is it old, mousy, stinky, blousy? That's got to be it. Not old, stinky, mousy, blousy. John from Louisiana, you're on the Ron and Fez show. I know what it is. It's yeah. Give me that fags rags. That's got to be it. That is not fag rags. That yeah, is I just rolled. Wrong. I just rolled off your tongue like there wasn't a problem. I'm saying it. Looks like somebody else needs a suspension. <laughs> it's fucking every other word. Rick in Maryland, you're on the run of face show. Million dollars, Ronnie. Is it bloodless, bloated, homo blouse? No. Uh, Dan in St. Pete, you're on the run of face show. Uh, Q105 means music and money. Um, sorry, it's Q105 means music and more money. Or more uh -oh. music and more money. Um, Q105, more like Jew105, I like to say. <laughs> Never really caught on, though. It sucks. Luke in Florida. Yes, is it the old ratty fat shirt? The old ratty fat shirt. 
Congratulations to another million days of Christmas winner. We're taking the rags off Fez's backs. Um, that disgusting shirt is being sent out. Which we are now going to start to do to all the Fez's clothes that no longer work. The shirt that you're wearing today, the well-tailored sex vest that the young ladies gave you. The scuba suit? What's wrong with a nice scuba suit? It's tight. I can't breathe in this thing. You gotta show it off, Fez. You do gotta show it off, show dude. Show those fucking hard nipples. Let them know what they're getting. Um, I'll tell you something else. More, uh of the Million Days of Christmas, because we've got a big unmasked uh, taping to announce. This, I believe, will be fascinating, because he's got a brand new book out, and I still haven't had the chance to read it yet. It just came out about his trials and tribulations, uh, his comedy, his drama in his personal life, that led to him going away for, I believe, over a year. Uh, Artie Lang is wow. coming in to do an unmasked. What's the date on that, Fez? That is going to be Friday afternoon, November 1st. Friday, November 1st at 2 o'clock. You'll need to be here by uh, 1.45. This is going to be fascinating. I can't wait for this. The new book, he lays it all out there. When he hit the wall... And then how he, you know, came back. This, and he's doing great again. This is going to be, I, I cannot wait to see. To hear, to hear this this is going to be a great one. This is going to be fucking fascinating. So Artie Lang is unmasked. Head on over to the iBang to sign up for that one. But, um, you know, I have no idea how deep. Or how much he wants to get into it. Because as far as I know, he has waited to tell the story in the new book, Crash and Burn. About uh, how he was riding so high and crashed and burned. The whole story is going to be laid out for us. So I'm not going to comment yet because I haven't even read the book. But I'm fascinated to hear this story. Most of us look and say, you know, Artie was living a life that, you know, anybody would want. It all came down again, but to be able to beat, to build his way back up uh, one more time is, um, it's going to be a fascinating story. That's Again, that's Friday, November 1st at 2 o'clock. Go to the iBang to see how you can be part of the studio audience. Artie Lang, unmasked. Mm, looking, looking forward to that. Looking forward to that. Um, and we're going to announce another... Um, Million Days of Christmas that contest that we will uh, be doing, and uh, I'm I, we'll have signed Ray Davies stuff. Beautiful, one of the great songwriters of all time. You know, who Ray Davies has always reminded me of like the '60s version of Elvis Costello. Like he was Elvis Costello before there was an Elvis Costello, because they're always difficult for record companies. To go out and go, oh, this is what the band sounds like. And then the next album is completely different. You know, yeah. They go in and out of genres and they confuse people who just, most human beings just like, give me the same thing over and over and over. 
It's great, though, to change it up. Well, it makes you an artist, doesn't it? Um, Fez, seriously, on a scale of 1 to 10. Uh-huh. And Liz was in here the other day, Shrek Love, Holly, right before they did their big show, which everybody loved. They got nothing but feedback on how much everybody loved that uh, Cancer Sucks benefit. They want to give uh, credit to Fagiotis. Personally, I'm not going to. I don't see it. I don't like guys hanging around chick time. Please mean ukulele, though. Well, I didn't say he didn't. There's a reason why women are attracted to him. Because that herb also. God, I love that. His wife doesn't like you talking about that. You are, as we say, yeah. not cool <laughs> when it comes to people's secondary lives. Oh, come on. I'm very respectful. Uh, you're not, because you say that herb, and it's, quite frankly, uncool. Well, then I apologize. It's gauche. Which is a word you should be using, Fez, because like gay people like to say stuff like that. I Did wish you... I could gauche back to my old big shirts. That's not the way it's used. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that you're using it right away, but I want you to start using it properly instead of saying, I want to gauche back to my big shirts. Why are you fighting something that works for you? Because the sh I feel like this shirt is fighting me. It's so tight around the belly. The sleeves are really long, but it's really tight all around the Do belly. Do you know how to fucking accept a gift and just say thank you? Now I look like a gay guy? Instead of fucking wearing Hicks' hand-me-downs? Please, thank you. Thank you for, for fucking letting him know that's the way he was dressing. Yeah. You have some style. I swear to God, you do. I feel like I've had lap band surgery. Don't even know what that means. Why I'm all that... tight around the belly. Well, that shouldn't be a bad thing. Like it's been tied <laughs> off. You've lost a tremendous amount of weight thanks to your sugar diabetes. You've got to now start dressing tailored to attract the gay people. They're a very tough bunch. Yes. They're a very tough bunch. And they do not suffer hayseeds fucking kindly. And you come up here like some mouth-breathing fucking gator wrestler out of fucking Tampa. They're just going to bully Fucking them. carny trash. What's that um, city that all the fucking circus freaks live in? Um, it's over... Yeah, it's not Arcadia. Come on, Fez. Know your own town. By the way, only... Two undefeated, uh, two defeated teams left, and they're both in the shitty state of Florida. That's great. Jacksonville Jaguars, and then the Tampa Bay Jaguars. Just they're both it. called the Jaguars now. Josh Freeman made a great move, fucking again. At least he's in a winning team. Well, a team with a win. Yeah. Well, he fucked them over last night. <laughs> yeah. Well, not really. He didn't fuck them over. He didn't know what he was doing out there. Twenty for fifty-three. Why would they let him throw that much? You have Adrian Peterson in your fucking backfield. Come on! Welcome Look, Adrian... to the world of Josh Freeman, Minnesota. Enjoy. It's not Josh, it's the fucking coach. Fucking tell him to fucking throw 53 times. Will you like your new passing giraffe you have down there? <laughs> that fucking guy's no better. Uh, they're the Thursday night game. Will you be watching? Um, no, I can't look at this anymore. Damn, I wanted to put Lonely Boy back up there. Bring back Lonely Boy. Oh, what a lonely boy. And that was Gibsonton, Florida, where all the um, circus folk and sideshow folk. That's live. in the past. Let it go, dude. Let it go. We should go burn that place down, right? And if you even call people folk, you know you're not going to get any fucking gayness.
you're not going to get your gayness. Uh, we've got a guest coming up in a little bit because it's uh, Veets' fucking hero. And we booked her so that Veets could see her. <laughs> and we never do this, but uh, make sure you take a picture of those two kids together. Alyssa Milano is coming up in a little bit. That's very cool. Uh, MC, Virginia, you're on the Run Fest show. Hey, what's up, Ronnie Fevy? Actually, uh, wow, you just said Alyssa Milano. I got kind of stunned for a second. People um, love I her. Wanted to, <laughs> yeah, I'm one of them. Hey, real quick, I wanted to tell you guys, I, I'm sure you heard this story about this uh, Texas high school that beat the team 91 to nothing. And the father of the opposing team is is filing charges for bullying. It's uh, yeah. I, this is the first I'm hearing it, but we are going to lose high school sports. It's going to go away because they're going to sue the shit out of them because now they've got the head trauma thing down. Um, this coach, I guess he's the de defensive coordinator for Oregon. He was pissed because they got out a lead and then the other team kept uh, throwing the ball and trying to score on him. Let's uh, take a listen. Trying to smile and enjoy the win because, you know, I'm a competitor. I is a bad choice of words. I'm pissed off that they scored those last two touchdowns. I know you can't print pissed off. Um, and... And I know I'm not a diplomat, and I don't really care if I'm a diplomat. I really don't. All I care about is winning games and that the kids get better and we play hard. And I thought we did that in the second half. But that's total bullshit that he threw the ball at the end of the game like he did. And you could print that, and you could send it to him, and he could comment too. I think it's low class, and it was bullshit to throw the ball when the game's completely over. I All right, so what he's saying... And you've never heard this before, kind of bad sportsmanship for the trailing team to, as you know, you lay down and take it easy on them, for them to try to start scoring touchdowns. Yeah, Oregon up by 38. Washington State still has their first stringers out there, throwing the ball, trying to score. Oregon had put their second string in, and this guy, uh, Nick Aliotti, says that his players were going to get hurt from the way Washington State was playing so aggressively, trying to score. Then what they need to do, if everyone's going to get hurt, put in the mercy rule. Forfeit all the TV commercials well, if you're up by 35 all, and the game, then. Well, Fez, this is the thing that you always do. You always go to such extremes that now we have to make a law for everyone because two coaches couldn't get along. The more sensible thing to talk about is, is it bad sportsmanship when the other guy puts in their scrubs for you and your first team, try to run up the score. I mean, obviously it sounds nuts because you want to keep fighting to the end. Yeah. Yet this defensive coordinator, he's got a fucking job to do, and his numbers are going to be looked at at the end of the season, and people are going to forget that he put in his fucking scrubs to save them. Is it bad sportsmanship that when the other team says, we're taking mercy on you, why isn't the other team playing their fucking second? And third team the way he did. I gotta agree with the guy. It's fucking horse shit for you to suddenly act like, no, we're back in this game. 
when you're playing second and third string guys. The game isn't over yet. Of course they're still trying to score. It's then leave in the fucking first string, run it up, and be accused of bullying. The fucking game is over. That's why you've taken out the first string. That's why you're handing off the ball and controlling the clock. He makes a very fucking good point that some other guy can sit around and now say, oh, by the way, we only lost against the number two team by 13 points. I mean, we're coming back. That's bullshit. You're a fucking, not a 38 fucking point loser. You're a 54 point fucking loser. Because they're taking guys out. Uh, send Vitz in. At first, I thought this guy was just pissed about the sp not covering the spread. So that's, he's just a degenerate gambler. There are people that are going to be pissed at him for not covering the spread. Mm -hmm. But the fact of the matter is, and I don't even know what team they're playing for, they've got false fucking points. Um, Jeff, you're on the Ron Fez show. Hey, I, I can't believe I'm going to say this, and I'll probably get struck by lightning, but I absolutely agree with Fez on this 100%. I mean, what, are they just supposed to roll over and quit? How are they going to They have playing? rolled over and quit. But, the but other not, fucking team. Not Washington State. What, they're just supposed to give up? and not They have given up. They got active? their fucking asses beat so bad that their fucking first team was embarrassed so much that it was proved you're not competitors. You can't compete against our best. So what are you doing? Attempting to run it up on fucking third stringers. It's really an interesting thing because we get mad at coaches for leaving their first teams in too long. Uh, then if that's the fucking thing, I'm going to play the absolute game that Fez is playing. Leave the first team in. And destroy that team and put your fucking knee in their face and grind it down. We all know that that isn't sportsmanship, right? We right. agree to that. Yeah. So why is it sportsmanship for you to leave your fucking first team in and try to suddenly act like, well, at least our halfback got 140 yards or our quarterback really ended up throwing for four touchdowns and we lost. These are false fucking stats. It's garbage. It's what garbage time is. And it's dangerous to keep a first, first stringers in there because they're, they're your first stringers. If it's not fucking going to happen... But if it's, it's college football. It's still a learning experience. Why not You know learn? that's bullshit. Why you not know learn that's bullshit. game time? You heard what he fucking said right there. All I care about is winning games. The, the whole thing is that we're teaching young men is out the fucking door. That's a multi-billion dollar fucking sport with millionaires coaching it. Vates, how come you, with your size, how come you never went on to do anything with sports? I played football in high school. Yeah, but why stop there? Well, because my school is like a college preparatory school. Yeah. And then uh, I used to actually be like 150 pounds bigger than this. Mm -hmm. um, and then I was a, I was a D tackle. And then. Um, why did you lose the 150? Well, that was after I graduated high school, and I was like, I'm never going to play football again. I should probably just not be this big anymore. Were you terrible? What do you mean? The terrible. Well, you were so awful that nobody wanted you. It, no, no. You must I, have weighed what at I, the time? Like three seventy something. Why? Uh, why don't you stick with it? Well, why no, aren't we looking at you on the Vikings? I was, right I was now? doing you well. Started a couple of cycles, got juiced up. I was doing well, and then I just couldn't keep up with school and football because I. You should have fucking made a smart girl take fucking tests for you. All boys school. All right, it's one of the gay kids. <laughs> you know, play with their balls or something. <laughs> That's fucking disgusting. What? Um. Here's uh, Matt. You're on the Run and Fez show. 
Hey, Ronnie, I totally agree with many of the points you just made uh, with the Oregon uh, situation, but it's, it's so hypocritical for Oregon to make any statements about uh, playing first stringers versus fourth stringers or, you know, trying to play when the game's over because they are always, always running up the score. Well, look, let, let's, let's all agree to this. They're all hypocrites. Let's get back to, is it sportsmanship? Let's suppose on a lowest level that you can think of, where you're actually teaching kids. What Fed's tried to teach us that college football is like. But if it's the fucking peewees or whatever, and that team has beaten you so bad that they're taking out their first stringers, I think that the fucking coach on the other team has to say, it's time for my boys who never got a chance to play to go out and play. Not teach a teaching fucking experience against guys that aren't ready to play. Here's what you could teach your first stringers. You fucking guys blow. You were getting your fucking asses stomped, and basically what we have done is stop the game because you suck so bad. Nothing that's happening matters at at that point. Yeah, this is just a chance to say if this was boxing, we would have stopped the fight. The fight has basically been stopped. You're not going to leave 370-pound Veets in here. Veets, are you ready to meet Alyssa Milano today? I can't wait. Now, this is your... You were in love with her when you were a little kid. Yeah, I used to watch Shoot the Boss all the time. The Did you ever see Teen Steam? No. You'll, you'll leak watching it. Oh, my God. <laughs> now, here's what I'm going to do for you, because you've been a great intern for us. And I'm always saying great, because it's a bell curve, and you're working with Castro. And she's just a train wreck nightmare. <laughs> and I'm not making that up. And also used to have an extra 150 pounds on her. Um, not only are you going to get to meet her and get your picture taken with you. You got a phone with you? Yeah. I'm going to give you the scariest thing ever, but Fez is going to take the picture. <laughs> which means it's going to be blurry, fuzzy, and you're going to have to keep chasing her around the hall. Um, I want you to sit in on the... And really? be part of the interview when she comes in. No way. Yeah. You lucky son of a So I have some great questions ready, okay? Oh, my God. You're going to do it. Uh, Greg, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron. How's it going? Yeah. I just wanted to uh, let you know, also, one of the things they were talking about with the uh, Oregon coaches, the defense was, I think the uh, Washington State quarterback threw it 90, almost 90 times including 33 straight uh, pass attempts, and they only rushed the ball, I think, 12 or something like that. So It's it fucking hack. That, by the way, is not a teaching experience because it's not the way you play the game of fucking football. Fucking passing it 90 times against second and third stringers. It's not coaching. I mean, that's just, just throw it out there and throw the ball. huh? This whole thing stinks, this whole fucking game. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it's fucking... It stinks to high heaven. Something's going down here. Um, boy, people are going crazy for this unmasked. Get in on it. Uh, unmasked with Artie Lang. This one's going to be historic. I cannot wait. You're going to have to. I dude. love. I love. You can't Artie. do it right now. I damn it. You gotta wait till Friday, November first. That's the date on that. Artie Lang unmasked. Go to the iBang right away. Um. I gotta go over here to the Queen. Queen, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. Um, I just wanted to let you know that uh, I went up to uh, New York for the uh, Narc Zito. Yeah. 
benefit. And um, before it began, I had my brother take me over to Molly's, and I got a Ron Bennington cupcake. How'd you like it? It was outstanding. I mean, the place is beautiful, and service was wonderful, and the cupcake was just exactly how I expected it to taste. Absolutely fantastic. Well, you know I I ripped off the two best Tasty Cake uh, things and put them together. Yes, I kind of got that hint, but it was... It was it was so good, and we had such a good time, and I met, like, a lot of my Twitter followers, which was bizarre and wonderful at the same time, but... Yeah, you know what? I've been around at the beginning stages of these things before people turn on each other, and it's <laughs> always really nice. Before all the alcohol yeah. kicks in. But what you always want to do is keep your internet friends mm-hmm. at a distance, because I've seen them all turn on each other. Just Some different shows I've done. Yeah. Yeah. Just but it know was, each other too well. Yeah. It was a good night. It was a good night. Well, we they, then they turn to let each other down. Like, you know, they'll do something where they all get together, and then the next time just some of them will get together, and then the other people get their feelings hurt. No. And God. everyone's pissing and shitting in the sandbox. Well, we did have one person who I can't remember his name, um, but me and Holly kept calling him Creepy Guy. That's Foggy Otis. He's a friend of mine. He's <laughs> yeah, great. Foggy was fantastic. Um, <laughs> But he he was um, just kind of following us around. He didn't have a Twitter name, and we didn't know, like, who he was. And we just kept calling him. We're like, oh, uh, is Creepy Guy going? Or, you know. Sounds like crazy. Sounds like crazy (laughs) made the scene. He was at a Monsanto thing that day. Uh, (laughs) I I call him Monsanto now. (laughs) I think Craze might have fallen asleep on the stage because that was, like, a whole issue, too. All right, my friend. Thank you, Ronnie. Bye-bye. Um, here's David. David, you're on the Run Fest show. Hey, guys. Yeah. Uh, two points, Ronnie. Uh, you were talking about the coach being a hypocrite, and that sound like that you played. The guy said, all I care about is winning the game. You know what? You guys won the game. So I don't know what he's pissed off about. Well, he's pissed off about this. No, no, no. He's going to be let's, fucking let's graded at the end of the season on fucking points given up, and a lot of those fucking points are false and fake. And the other team is going to, the other coaches are going to be graded on fucking shit points they got. It's not a real game at that point. I don't even know if there's anything fucking real about college football. I'd say fucking 100% no. That it's a goddamn farcical sham is what it is. There's only one game that you can watch the student-athletes and that's after Thanksgiving when you're watching the Army-Navy game. And if you guys ever get to see the documentary on that, yeah. I forget who did it. ESPN it was on Showtime. Or so, Showtime did it. It is so amazing to see what those guys have to get through before they even get to practice. They're shooting guns. They're jumping out of helicopters. <laughs> they're fucking doing physics. You know what I mean? Like, everyone's marching and shit. And then after this exhausting long day, hey, get out on the field. You guys got to practice. You're fucking playing Notre Dame in two weeks. <laughs> get it together. Insane. Um... Uh, by the way, I got my at one time two three seventy. You wore, you wore three seventy. Yeah, three seventy or more. Um, you got to bring in pictures. I have a picture. Oh, uh, great. I forgot people have pictures in their phone. Oh, here's the my photo album. Yeah, and I got the internet on. Here's it. every picture I've ever seen in my life. 
Did you ever do like any creatine or anything? Just try to get fucking just jacked? Well, no, I was benching like 300 Jeez. and squatted 550 to 600. Why don't we and just fucking get you on UFC, dude? Because I don't do that anymore. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I, I tried to lift 300. If I tried to bench 300 pounds, I'd probably like. What do you think you bench now? I was like. 100? No, no, no. I was in the gym. 85? 225. Mm. Squatting, I don't even. I haven't worked out my legs in a very long time, so. Your, your legs strong? Yeah, my legs are naturally strong. And you said you're incredibly slow. Not incredibly. <laughs> pretty, <laughs> pretty slow. Not incredible. Have you had any speed at all at 370? They would have loved to have you. Oh, he would have just been fucking murdering people. And they took him oh. off. They put him on a D line because he couldn't do plays. He was pulling in the wrong direction. <laughs> Holy shit, dude! You were so fucking scary looking. <laughs> you you're the fucking sweetest kid with this big. You know what he looks like? A fucking Hurley. Holy like shit! Back then, huge. Wearing an ACDC shirt, not fucking shaven, and the weight just came off, huh? Yeah, from uh, for like nine months. For nine months, I did um, I ate chicken and turkey every day. For breakfast, I had Cheerios with no milk. For lunch, I did chicken, grilled chicken and lettuce with no dressing. And I rode my bike everywhere, and like I didn't drink. And now you just drink constantly. And now, and <laughs> now getting whacked. Now I get whacked on it. At my lowest, <laughs> at my lowest, I was two hundred five. Wow. When I first lost the weight. This picture, you need two phones to look at it. All right. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Fez, come on. Fez, you're the one wearing a fucking gay shirt that's too small. <laughs> yeah, really. I wore a nice cardigan today. Uh, you uh, have a box up there, something you wanted to bring to our attention. Yeah. And this is the weird chance of different sports teams. Now, this is a tradition in each of these places? Yeah, like, a lot of like different sports do, um, teams do, like, awesome chants and stuff that everybody does together. All right, what is the best chant in America? 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. I tend to think it's weird that now we've picked up the singing that they do over in England. Yeah. And people will start singing. And that White Stripes song. Oh, yeah. Da, Seven Days Army. That's nuts when that da. shit starts going off. Well, you got to come up with something because the Rock and Jock fucking album is so boring. <laughs> I don't want to hear Crazy Train in another sporting event. <laughs> well, Jock Jams versions one through three are great. It's been done too much. Uh, what is the best chant? That any stadium has eight six six run zero fez. You can also check these out. The I bang. What's the first one you got for us? The first one we got is the Jets chant, and I'm a big Jets fan, so this is my personal favorite one. Uh, started by Fireman Ed. You know, he comes out, jumps up on top. Everybody follows him. He does J E T S Jets Jets Jets. Now you know he quit because of internet haters. Yeah. I don't think that he invented that. I think the old Baltimore Colts used to do something very similar to that. Um, but that's your favorite of all that's time. That's my favorite of all time. And then uh, the college ones are really cool because, like, you got it's like you have a, obviously you have a more of an alliance to your college than you have a sports team because you know you're there for four years. You're actually a part of it. So the Seminoles is a big one. And like, if you look at the video, like, it's like actually really cool to see everybody doing their job.
Now let me ask you this. How do you feel about the Gator fans ripping that off with the Gator bite? Which really is just like just putting a putting a bottom on the chop. It's just clapping. Like it's so yeah, it's just but it's like they try to do the chop with their hand and then bring it down. Now, on this thing, you know how the Braves ripped off the chant? I was in that stadium uh, and they would play the fucking music and then people would start it. It oh, would not happen organically. That sucks. That's silly. Jesus, that crowd looks crazy, though. Yeah, it's like it's a cool thing to see. It's very close to fucking Hitler, though. <laughs> These things get very Nazi. All right, next one. The next one is uh, OSU, the Buckeyes fans. This one's actually pretty cool. It's they go around the stadium, spelling out Ohio. So one side does one O, one uh, one side does H. No, is somebody pointing at them, or they're doing this on their own? They're doing it on their own. One person, one side starts to O. So it's like an audio wave. Yeah. That's pretty cool. All right, wondering. next one. What happens to the cutoff section? How do you know which section it cuts off at, though? It goes That's around. a real good point. That is a good point. You, you, someone has to say, no, we're not. We're the I. Stop yelling out, oh, you're ruining this. Um, and then the Saints. The Saints have a really famous one, and this the video up is really cool with one of the players like actually starting the chant from everybody. It's like, who dat, who dat, who dat going to say they're going to beat the Saints? Who dat nation? These are all up on the iBang right now. Um, Eric, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Eric. University of Maryland plays West Virginia. They often will chant, don't date your sister, and also we date girls with teeth. All right, that's just, you know, there's a cruelty to that. Uh, Brian, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Buddies, 11081. Oh, that's old school. Hoo-ah! Uh, Ole Miss has the hottie toddy. It always starts with "Are you ready?" and then they break into their uh, their chant. But then this past weekend, they also had "Go to Hell LSU," which is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Are you familiar with either one of those? No. You're only about uh, ten, twelve minutes away from seeing Alyssa Milano. Man, I are you ready? Yeah. Up my card again. Yeah. Are you ready for her? I'm really excited. Do you think maybe she'll fall in love with you? I think it's hard not to. Here's a question. If she starts kissing you, are you going to kiss back? It would be rude not to. You have to know that you leave it up to her. I know. You don't decide. I don't decide I that. think she wants to kiss. No, you're a person, aren't you? All right, what's your next one? <laughs> the next one is a PS, uh, PSU chant. So it's kind of similar to the Jets one where they spell out PSU. They're doing the straight white out there? All right. Um, let's go over to Alex. Alex, you're on the Run and Fed show. Monkey house. Monkey. 
Hey, at Rangers games, they do this thing, uh, I'm not sure, like 13 minutes, you know, every period. They do Pot Van Sucks, because uh, Dennis Pot Van from the Islanders used to beat his wife, and there's also a Beat Your Wife Pot Van chant. It just, it's great. He's, he's not even around anymore. They still do it every game. Uh, you got some Rangers stuff, right? Yeah, and that one is actually, the one he's talking about is pretty cool. It's like a fan whistles, and then everybody in that section will do the Pot Van Sucks thing. But the Rangers, I'm, a, I'm also a Rangers fan, and every time they score a goal, Rangers have a goal song that everybody sings along to and goes nuts. You know, being a fan is as close to mental illness as you ever want to be. Fez is about two clicks over from being a fan, but if you took any of these people on their own and they weren't doing it in the crowd, that person looks like they need to be locked up. When, when I was 16, I was at a Rangers-Devils game in Jersey, and uh, Rangers scored a goal on the Devils, and I went nuts, and I started singing the Rangers goal song. And two drunk guys tried to fucking attack me, and like came up to my section and were like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, oh, yeah, "I don't, I don't know, I don't know." You were three seventy. Why didn't you kill them? Yeah, dude. Because, you lack the killer instinct. Well, no, because at sixteen years old, like two drunk guys come at you who are like forty years old. Yeah, in devil's jerseys with like the horns on. You should have dropped them. I should have. You would have been a goddamn hero at that point, Kevin. You're on the run of Fez show. Hey, good morning, Ronnie. Hey. hey, if you go to a Carolina Game Talks football game, they'll start a chant where half the crowd will shout game and the other half of the building will shout Cox. So you do have like 35,000 people yelling Cox at the same time. It's yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to yell out Cox at a game in case someone brought it to me. <laughs> what else we got? And then we got the uh, Glory Glory Man United from those uh, English guys over there. Yeah, I love the way they sing. stuff on all the stupid soccer songs because the one an entire stadium singing the crazy you'll never walk alone from the jerry lewis telethon <laughs> that's the nuttiest thing i've ever seen in my life i don't know what team that is but they're bizarre uh here's homer homer you're on the run of fez show Ron, you need to play that Rock Chalk Jayhawk chant from they they up there at the Kansas Jayhawks. That's the most eerie sound they put on in that uh, in that field house when they play basketball. Liverpool has uh, you'll never walk alone. Is that right? Is it Liverpool? Now yeah. this is where the Beatles are from. You could do a million fucking Beatles songs, no. and you pick the weird "You'll Never Walk Alone." Yeah, that's what they that's what they fucking love chanting. Find a fuzzy. No, I haven't found that. I got everybody in the wrong fucking section. Um, I'm like Jim Leland, where I'm just making fucking changes for the <laughs> sake of making changes. We're just going to watch one of their games now. You know that this is the Jayhawk chant, is what you're looking for, right? Okay, yeah, I couldn't find the Jayhawk chant, so I was looking for the You Never Walk Alone. Well, you uh, let us know that then. 
Uh, Bill, you're on the Run and Fest show. Hey, yeah, I get uh, two quick ones. Um, uh, the Harvard-Yale game uh, every year. Uh, Harvard always chants, uh, it's all right, it's okay, you're going to work for us someday. Ugh, uh, the Yale so fan. Obnoxious. There's nothing worse chan- than rich kids fucking chanting shit out. We're slightly richer than you. <laughs> and like the <laughs> least creative cunts. fucking thing. Just burn the fucking thing. Still man. going back doing the it's all right, it's okay bit. All right, what else you got for us? Then we got then we got the uh, Buffalo Bills make you want to shout. So we all know the song Shout, you know? No. Well, it's a great song from the <laughs> 1960s, I would say. Why are we struggling with this, Fess? Uh, there was a problem with the link. Well, the Bills have their own audio version of Shout with their own Bills make you want to shout, and all the fans do it. Sound the, they, they're the drunkest fans out of everything they, we've seen so far. They seem like they should have a song that says, We'll always find a way to blow it in the championship game. <laughs> they, uh, the bar I work at is a Bills bar, so they do this like at every touchdown. They got Bills, they got Buffalo food there? Yeah. Like that fucking cheese bread and all that shit that they have up in Buffalo? I think they just have wings and stuff stupid. like that. But they go, they, those fans go fucking nuts and they get hammered at every Bills game. Oh, yeah. Well, they 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 were born drinking in Buffalo. That's all they I mean, have. they just yeah, they come in like uh, fucking shot in a beer right off the bat. Well, that's how you fucking start at, start start your day. It's beer and hot sauce, right? Sad, <laughs> sad. <laughs> um, and then our last one, yeah, is if you've seen that movie Green Street Hooligans, you'll be familiar with this one. The West Ham United they sing bubble like oh yeah bubbles. Fucking clown named Bubbles comes out and says, "Come on, blow me." Weird. Yeah. I like the <laughs> They should all be wearing tailored plaid shirts. <laughs> Fez finally looking gay after all these years. Proud of you, buddy. It's very restrictive. <laughs> kind of like I put on a plaid boa constrictor. You, that's just how you're gonna fucking have to live if you're gay. That's what it's gonna take, man. If you want to get some red dick. Want that dick? Gets in that hard fucking dick. Brother, how many guys you been with? I have been with none. Are you going after work today? You're going to go out and fucking troll? Put some fu- that shirt on, pair of fucking knee pads, and then head down to the fucking West Village and just do your thing. Insert here, right? Yeah. That fucking mouth of yours. Well, I think I have my new pickup line. You think the shirt's tight? Check out the asshole. Oh, God, Fez. Fuck, that's... That's fucking perfect. Still, though, I just... 
Good. Got the well, you're juice just out. disgusted by what he does, but not the line is perfect. It's forward. Yeah. It's right to the point. Yeah, it gets right there. Asshole. It's like, hey, I cut through the bullshit. Let's get down to it. <sighs> don't feel well. There's no beating around the I don't have any bush. <laughs> um, here's uh, CJ. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. How you doing? What's up, CJ? Hey, that uh, masculine fry is going to be off the hook. That's going to be a really good one. That's really um, going to be amazing, right? I'm so yeah, I'm so happy he's coming awesome. in to do this. He's really good. Um, the Seahawks, they just, they just can't Seahawks, Seahawks, but it's such a loud stadium. And you can actually YouTube it. It sounds like Sea Hile. No. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. <laughs> YouTube that on the radio. You guys will hear it. Yeah, we're, we're, we're doing that as slow as we possibly can. I gotta tell you, I do like their green and blue color scheme. I didn't think I like I would, but like because neon green is a fucking. I don't know. Normally, it's an ugly color, mm-hmm. but they it works. The way that you're talking right now, you could be on the Project Runway All Stars. God, I wish as a fucking drunk judge. <laughs> That's what Alyssa Milano is coming in for. Project Runway All Stars. I just I just smile every time I hear her name. Are you excited? I'm really excited. This is a big day for you. If she ends up falling in love with you and leaving with you, that'll be amazing. And it could happen. Could. You just whisked away. What was your favorite episode of uh, that? Uh, what was the name of her show? I'm the Boss, Not You? I think it was called I'm the Boss, Not You. Who's the Boss? Who's the boss. Mm. Uh, Didn't remember any of it, did you? It's long ago. <laughs> but I, I know, that's the point. It. I loved watching it. Stays it stays with you. No, but I just watched it all. I just loved Oh, Actually, I remember there was one. I remember one really vividly where it was like... It was like a flashback episode to like, and it was supposed to be like the 30s or the 50s or something. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was one joke that I found really funny where Tony Danz and his friend were talking and they were talking about this girl. They were like, she's so classy. They were like, she probably thinks the Dodgers are some from yuppie place like L.A. And I remember finding that joke really funny as a kid. I don't know why. Fucking strong, Vito. Oh, are you going to bring that up to her? No. Why not? It's a fucking great story, and she might say, "You know what? I've been waiting for a boy like you." <laughs> Finally, someone remember that episode. <laughs> if she says, "I want someone to give me a hickey," are you going to raise your hand? I mean, I have to. Yeah. I'm going to be very. I'm. I'm. I'm going from confident veto to very like giddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just try to look handsome. There you go. Must that hair up a little bit. I wore this cardigan for this. Did you really? Yeah, I didn't wear a wrestling shirt. And it's Tuesday. I always wear wrestling shirts on Tuesdays. I think that's a fucking OCD he has with this wrestling shirt thing. <laughs> Where'd you get the cardigan? Christmas? No, I got it from... You bought it yourself, though? American Eagle. Yeah, I bought it myself. I just, like, I do a lot of online shopping because I don't have time to go to the stores. Mm-hmm. So it all blends in when it comes in the mail. 
Man, you you must when you tell stories like that, I just think it must be the dullest date that anyone's ever had. Oh my god, she's gonna be here in any minute. Any minute she's gonna come in here. This is why I do and I want it beats in. When you have someone that, you know, struck you at a certain age, um that age. You know what I mean? When you're when you're looking. And then you get to meet that person. It's always you know, to see like your heroes from from when you were younger is way more intense than to meet somebody that you like because they're doing good work now. Yeah, it's very exciting. I feel actually, I missed I missed when I was out sick when Sigourney Weaver came in. I was a big Sigourney Weaver fan when I was younger. Oddly enough, well, it is an odd because she was in you know so many of those giant '80s movies. Ghostbusters. Yeah, Ghostbusters and then the Alien franchise. And, you know, she's going in both directions. I just, the other night, I was like, there was some movie she did back in the early 90s, a psycho movie called Copycat. And I'm like, oh, shit, I remember that movie. It's so fucking good. I'm going to watch it again. And it's where some guy, he copies every other psycho killer. So they're like, wait, this thing is like the Son of Sam did the murder. The next one is like the Hillside Strangler did the murder. And I remember thinking it was a pretty good movie. I put it on the other night. I'm like, this is dog shit. (laughs) Some of those early 90s. Movies are really weird. Like, Basic Instinct is almost unwatchable. It's so stupid. That that was like a transitional period, almost. Like, 89 to 92, maybe. Where just... It was the pre-Tarantino. Yeah. Where suddenly you had to be a lot fucking cooler. <laughs> but but in that time period, people just did churning out, like, fucking weird thrillers and action films. Um, but, yeah, she's done a lot of movies, Sigourney. And you weren't here that day? No. And that's when she was like, does anybody want to make out with me? <laughs> she said that. Yeah, you could have. Any Yankee fans want to make She's out She's taller than you, dude. Yeah? Yeah. But, you know, I was um, I was in a French restaurant on the east side one time when she came in. And you're just like, holy shit. <laughs> she beat the alien. Yeah. Multiple <laughs> times. She protected that little girl from the alien. Fucking from a giant one, too. Was she, like, the first woman action star of mainstream? Yeah, that's, she's seen as that, yeah. Because what, what she did in Alien and in Alien, Aliens, that people were like, James Cameron made, like, a female action star. And then I guess Sarah Connor in Terminator 2, more than Terminator 1. Yeah. Doing the pull-ups? Yeah, she was jacked, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. She decided, I'm going to become more of a warrior. The first one, she was the damsel in distress. Yeah. The second one, she's like, "Fuck this shit! I'm wear- I'm waiting for this asshole. I'm gonna wear tank tops." And there was one point. There was one point in Terminator Two where she goes on like, "I had so many boyfriends, and they used to beat the shit out of me, but I just I was with I them." Loved like, it. <laughs> fucking great part. Like, wait a minute. So you slept with a bunch of abusive fucking weirdos, so you yeah. to teach your kids some shit? Yeah, just to get fucking rough. <laughs> just to fucking bring it. Um. A lot more important. Uh, a lot of people are putting their favorite chance up on the iBang. Um, Vito, another hit. What was the one that you did not too long ago that people are still locked into? I can't think of what it was. Um, the, ta- it, the tattoo one? Yeah, the tattoo one. Oh, handles. Everyone, and I'm worried they're using it for jack purposes. I hope not. But, yeah. Well, that was, that was just something I noticed, you know? We're seven minutes away from Alyssa Milano, dude. Oh, man. 
I'm just gonna. All right, here's. I'm gonna help you get ready for this. Picture okay. it in your mind. Um, I'll be Alyssa Milano, and you oh, yeah. be yourself. Okay. Just start the conversation. Hey, Alyssa. Um, how's everything going? How you doing? What do you want from me, anyway? I just want to know how your day's going. I loved you. I loved you. And who's the boss? And you were into. You're creepy. Ford. No, I'm not. You're strange and creepy, and I'm afraid that you look like a rapist. <laughs> I'm not a raper. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna just say that out front. I'm not a raper, and that'll make her feel more comfortable. She'll know so that. Then she's like, "Oh, good." Hey, what's up, I'm Vito. I'm not a raper. Just put it out there. <laughs> You're safe in here with, at least with me. Matter of fact, I'll protect you from a rape if any of these other guys start. <laughs> I'll be your, I'll be your guide, like in Terminator 2. I'll be your Schwarzenegger. Wow. I'll say to her. And she'll go, I wasn't in Schwarzenegger 2. Or I wasn't in fucking Terminator 2. I know, but I'll be like, we're going to role play. <laughs> do you want to role play with me? Do you do any impressions? Uh, Let's hear your Tony Danza. Just be like, Angela. Angela. That's good. So if you want to tell her, I have a Tony Danza impression. Because she's Italian like you she are. She is. Yeah. You know, fun fact, when they were making The Little Mermaid, they used her image as a model to make Ariel from The Little Mermaid. I'm not having any fun with that fact. That's a really fun but fact. But I'm not, seriously, it's not fun for me. It's fun You're saying she me. doesn't have legs? I didn't say that. She has legs. Fucking mermaid didn't. Uh, Colin, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, yeah. I loved it when you were calling Vito there quick for a while. What happened to that? See, I don't like that name so much for him. <laughs> we can't use it around. It would be really Alyssa. weird for Alyssa Milano. Um, Jay, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, buddies. Yeah. Um, I was in Iraq in 2003, 2004, and Alyssa Milano came and did a uh, USO show slash signing autographs and we're standing in line to get her autograph and she was leaning forward and i looked down and she had a shirt that was off the top and uh we could look right down her shirt and saw her nipples and a buddy of mine had a camera and he took a picture of it and that uh that picture made a whole unit's worth of guys happy for the rest of our deployment um this is why a lot of women won't come over and see you guys because they don't want their nipples to make the rounds don't treat Alyssa like that. No, no, she, trust me. She uh, oh, she, wanted, she, uh right? she boosted morale. We were there for 16 months, and that was the first time we saw a woman not in uniform, and just she smelled good. I don't want to sound like a creep, but... You are creepy, <laughs> right? Everything Dude. that you're saying, Jay, is creepy. This is what but, uh, women I, hate us. You know what? I, I tell you what, though. She uh, she boosted the morale for an entire unit, and uh, we were happy to stay over in Iraq for another few more months. So I hate to say it, but you, to quote Vito, you sound like a raper. She's a, she's a patriot and a hero. Treat her as such, Vito. I will. This is getting uncomfortable. I know, especially yeah. with that fucking last weird call. Where are you gonna sit right there, Vito? I'm gonna sit there. Yeah. I'm gonna sit like this. But you look so fucking strong when you do that. You know, mm -hmm. he looks like he's really fucking strong. I just want to like, yeah. be like, hey, Alyssa. Hey. Oh, no way. Are you going to try to get a bulge going, or are you just going to leave it like that? Should I? Hey, you look like you can bow right now, yeah. Squeeze it a little bit. <laughs> oh, my God. 
I'm gonna make sure you have something. Don't tell anyone I told you that. <laughs> Squeeze it. <laughs> the way you said it, you said a very sexy today. Yeah, yeah, that's bad. Yeah, so fucking just do not bring that last part up. That just happened. Bring up the great part that you, you know you met Liz Lotto. Should I squeeze it when requested by? <laughs> Tell me some stuff about how the show went today. Well, <laughs> everything went great. I just fucking story. Oh yeah, and Fez cried. There, perfect. Oh, Feets. Um, hey Doug, you're on the run of Fez show. Yeah, the uh, uh, the greatest uh, internet picture is uh, Alyssa Milano in that vampire movie. I, I can't remember what it was, but uh, yeah, there's a girl involved. And, oh. <laughs> but, <you> know, <laughs> Christ almighty, that I was know. fucking... Did he just come right there? Yeah. <laughs> he just turned in to come while we talked to him. <laughs> you know, she's a uh, she's big-time uh, business person and designer. She's got that whole NFL line. Touch, Touch yeah. That's crazy. That's huge. It's all sports, like baseball, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. City Field opening week, promoting it. She's got a store in City Field. Yeah. You had to go over there and buy stuff from her. Did you see her when she was in City Field? I was going up the escalator, Mm -hmm. and, like, the escalator's right next to Touch. And I remember looking over, and, like, she was walking out, and I was like... Oh my god. I forgot she was here today. Why didn't I do this? <laughs> now you're going to get to meet her. Now it's fate. Bring that up to her. That Remember when you saw me on the escalator? <laughs> hey, escalator boy's back. <laughs> Last time I saw you, I was heading up. Saw her in the hallway before she winked at me. It was great. This is going to be fucking nuts, Vito. You got the cardigan sweater, right? Yeah. Why don't you take the fucking t-shirt off so you're just a guy with no shirt on in the cardigan? Yeah, do that. Get rid of yeah. Get rid no, of the I, fucking tea. I'm just wear. No, it's fucking fine. chicks it's not, dig that, it's not, man. It's not going to be You're fucking, fucking animal. Do it. It's not going to be weird. As long as you have a tank top on, it's fine. You take this, take the t-shirt off, and leave the cardigan on yeah. quickly because it's it's. it's not we a don't lot have time. much time. We got like fucking sixty seconds. You're in some fucking good shape, dude. She's gonna fucking like that. There you go. There it is. There. Oh nice. fuck yeah! Why you even wearing a cardigan when you can rock that? Fucking broads love shoulder hair, so keep that fucking now out where she can see it. Beautiful, Vito. That's such a good look for you, dude. You go to the fucking club like that, huh? Yeah. Bar- How come you don't have a gold chain or anything? I do, I just don't wear it. You should wear it, man. <laughs> should wear that, like, Italian horn thing. She'd fucking love that. Leave the cardigan open. Show it off. <laughs> see, don't tell anyone I told you that <laughs> either. <laughs> this is really embarrassing. <laughs> This takes her back to what happened to Cor- poor Cor- uh, Corey Haim oh, when they were little kids. Oh, no. The other Corey is talking, uh, putting out a book, basically about him and Corey Haim being abused when they were young actors. <laughs> I saw that headline. <laughs> he said Corey Haim. Wow. DC was like, like from the, what I just read quickly, it's like it was constant or something. Yeah. Like. And, yeah. Fuck, man. Also, Michael Jackson shows up. <laughs> Want to be starting something. With some kids. Feast, you look so fucking good like that. Thank you. Are you going to leave the fucking pants on or just walk around in your boxers? I'm going to leave the pants on. That's a mistake, dude. I don't, wanna, I don't want any charges pressed against me. Don't say that, man. No. You're the man. You're so goddamn charming, nothing could possibly You are wrong. a charming kid. Thank you. Charm my way into your hearts, right? Yeah, you did. <laughs> what are you going to say to her? I'm going to say... 
let's make this fleeting moment last forever. Oh man, that's so fucking good. Deep. Yeah. Well, gee, she's right outside right now. I never have anybody. Yeah, he's freaking out. He is free. He just had his hands on his head. I was pushing his brain together. Did you feel like your brain was exploding? I need to hold it all together right now. Yeah. Yeah. Take a big hack. Yeah. Get okay. get rid of that fucking thing. You sound like a killer. Seriously. All right, here she comes. Where are you oh, going? No. Oh, no. Get back in your hole. Get, get in quick. Dude. All right, Alyssa Milano. Uh, Project Runway All-Stars premieres Thursday, October 24th, 9 o'clock on Lifetime. Uh, she's at Alyssa underscore Milano on Twitter. Let's bring her in. That's New Blondie, which actually debuts on Project Runway All-Stars. That's Thursday, October 24th, uh, 9 o'clock on Lifetime. And she actually comes in with you, Alyssa. Yes. That's very, very cool, right? (laughs) Very, very New York. Yes, right? Yeah, Yeah. no, she's, she's, it was unbelievable experience meeting her. Uh, And everybody kind of reacted to it because all these young designers want to have somebody to wear their clothes, some famous person to wear their clothes. Well, yeah. I mean, first of all, Debbie Harry is uh, not only a fashion icon, but just an icon in general, right? right? And I think that um, the ultimate goal for any of these designers is not only to win the competition, but also to be recognized as as a designer. I mean, I think uh, Christian Siriano is probably the best example of of a Project Runway winner going on to amazing things. And um, so, yeah, I, I definitely think... But, you know, they, these designers are so talented and... Uh, and eager and and hungry to win this competition that uh they were thrilled with everyone that sat in the judge's chair they were just you know i am still confused how someone can do this like someone in no time at all i don't know how anyone makes pants to this day (laughs) i think that's gotta be how do you just make pants well here's the thing that i think is is so special about the show and and part of the reason why i've been a fan since the Mm -hmm. first year is you actually see a challenge being put on the table and these designers start with absolutely nothing, right. right? It's not like they have a pantry of ingredients that they get to go to or that they they have nothing. And you get to see their process, for better or for worse, from the very get-go. And, you know, on All-Stars, we only give them 10 hours. That's so they crazy. have 10 hours. They start with nothing. They have 10 hours to do all the shopping. The design process, the fitting and and sizing, the sewing, yeah, and then they have to send it down the runway. So I think 
it's very human to be intrigued by that process. And it's part of what I love about the show so much is that you, they start with nothing and they end up with a result. You know, sometimes it's great and sometimes it's horrible, but yeah, we get to see that process. Yeah, a great designer could sit down and draw something. Oh, no, that's not right. That's You know, I mean, how often? Mo most of the time, these people take years to put something together. Oh, you have no idea. I mean, yeah. I you know, I have n nothing to the extent of what these designers do, but I have a, a clothing line that's all sports licensed. And the process that we have to go through mm -hmm. to even get a sample in that is remotely wearable is unbelievable so i can't i can't even fathom what they do and and i don't i don't know why they put themselves in this in this situation except um they really want it they want to win and the prize this year is almost a million dollars worth of of you know prizes so i i think that it is life altering for them yeah and but and the weird thing is that kind of some of them even root for each other knowing that only one person is going to win, but who knows? Maybe that'll be the connections you make. You can't down help. The line. You can't help, but um, they form a camaraderie because yeah. there it's there's this great uh, there's this great horseman sort of process that any anyone that has horses knows that if you get a new horse and you try to get them to run in the pack, there's conflict at first. So what you do to get them adapted to each other is you put them in a dangerous type of situation you crack mm. the whip and what the horses wind up doing is running together um as a group and basically that's what happens in yeah. these competition series right you know you know that you're competing against them but you're all in the same boat so you can't help but you know have an affinity and, and love and appreciation for what the other person's going through you know your line touch which is so gigantic now if you would have told me years ago Women are going to wear these things. I would have never believed it. Really? Why? I, years ago, you would go into a sports bar and it would only be guys. Right. As the years have gone by, now I go into a sports bar and it's fairly close to being 50-50. Yeah, it's 50-50 in stadiums, too. Is that right? Yeah. They're great jerseys. Uh, this is Vito, and he's a gigantic Hi. fan Vito. of yours. Fan. Oh, that's so uh, sweet. Thank you so no much. <laughs> I never let him sit in, but I let him sit in today. He's an intern for us. Hi, Vito. Nice to meet you, too. <laughs> You're very sweet, I can tell. You. <laughs> You're welcome. He And he actually went over to see you at City Field when you oh, opened really? up... Yeah. Uh, the Touch Store? Touch Store there, yeah. But are you... Uh, and you had the idea of these uh, Yeah, I was these a huge locos? sports fan, yeah. and I would go into stadium shops. Mm-hmm. Um, when I went to live sporting events and I could never find anything that uh, I would wear or that that was flattering or you everything wear the was gigantic pink. dumb thing that the yeah, guys wear or everything was they, you know their idea was uh, pink it and shrink it that's mm -hmm. that's what their mentality was pink it and shrink it pink it and shrink it and I was always so offended by the pink yeah you know, if I'm at a Dodgers game I don't want to freaking pink so yeah that's right <laughs> the color right. of my blood blue. yeah so uh i pitched the idea to my agency at the time and they said that's a great idea but we really don't know what to do with it they didn't have a sport it was caa they didn't have a sports department or anything there was randomly some guy in the literary department mm -hmm. who knew a guy at mlb i mean that's how we had to sort of finagle my way into this and i sat down at a meeting with with mlb properties and i said look you know, this is me. I'm the audience for this, and this is what's what's missing. And I showed them some of my designs, and they said, "Well, this is cool, but there's no pink." 
And I said, oh, yeah. Oh, God. They said, pink cells, you know. I said, pink cells, because it's all you have available <laughs> for women. That's why pink cells. But if you gave them the option of wearing something cute and fashionable that's made well, um, that flies the team colors versus something that's, you know, poorly fitting in pink, they're going to choose the, the other. Um, so I gave... MLB the exclusive for the first year, and they were they were very 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 supportive, um, and the line sold out really quickly. And this was seven years ago now. Yeah. And uh, in the second year, uh, we had all the other licensing uh, lined up. So we have NFL, NBA, NHL, college, NASCAR. Um, it's just been a really wonderfully rewarding process and how strange is it for you now to go and see your stuff at these stadiums where you used to go you know your whole life so rewarding yeah it's crazy actually i get i get i know this is going to sound so lame but i get i get weepy if i sure. see even if i'm sitting at home and they'll do a shot of the crowd and i'll see someone in a in a touch top i get i get weepy i get emotional about it because it's it's the first time it was the first time in my life that i actually took control of my career and 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 pitched something where I wasn't dependent on you know being cast in a in right. a television show or a, but it was an idea that I had that I thought was a good idea so to see it be successful is 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 really great but it's you really grew important. up around design too right yeah my mom was a designer yeah in the 70s and my grandmother was a, a very successful milliner mm -hmm. a hat designer but i grew up with pattern making in the house and you know stick pins in my in my feet because of our shag carpet right um and all of that and it was a it was a it was a lovely lovely artistic way to grow up for sure and, you know, now in hindsight, touch seems like, I could have came up with that. But at the time, no one saw it coming. No that one saw always... it coming, and people people were convinced it would, it would fail. Yeah. When I, when I, I designed uh, denim um, and a pair of jeans with the logo embossed on, on the pockets in the butt, people thought I was, you know, there's no, there's no changing rooms at stadiums. How can you sell jeans? I'm like, well, there's no changing rooms when you buy something online either. And people seem to do well there. Let's just try it. You know, and the jeans became hugely popular. But the, I think the thing that's interesting and uh, uh, sort of like icing on the cake for me is to go into stadium shops now and see how the bigger corporations mm -hmm. have adapted to be to being more you know fashion forward and and uh and i think that that's super cool too that that female female fans now have um representation that that right. is more reflective of who they are but then it also shows because the big corporations will just chase the money without you right. know thinking but that also shows that you yourself have had this effect on the culture and the business and we all don't get a chance everyone has ideas but it's so hard to take it from that place of i got an idea to make it happen well i reached a certain point in my acting career mm -hmm. where i made a conscious decision to continue to do it because of all of the other wonderful things that it enables me to do mm -hmm. and that is not only you know being able to pitch an idea to MLB, but also any, you know, activism or philanthropic, philanthropic endeavors that I might have. Um, 
acting really enables me to have a voice to to do mm -hmm. those things. So it's 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 part of my career that I will continue to nurture, but also in, explore all these other things. But that I always thought that that you were able to do that so bully. And I remember how many years ago with with Ryan White mm. uh, that you when you kissed uh, Ryan White. And so many people, we forget how we, how frightened we were. And I had a friend who had that disease. But when you did that, th w things changed from these little, you know, symbolic. Well, symbolism. he changed yeah. the face of of HIV/AIDS for sure. And he, to to. To stand with him on that journey was mm -hmm. a great, great honor for me. By the way, I didn't, I didn't know anything about it at that time either. So he was, talk about being an activist. He was teaching the whole world. Right. He gave HIV/AIDS um, a common face, um, and I think we were so terrified of that. Uh, what a special, brave incredible young man he was and i'm i look back at that time just with such love mm. um because he changed my life and by the way changed my life forever talk about the philanthropy i do now is because of that feeling that he gave me when i kissed him then so i mean he changed my life for sure so you're saying oh I'll go out and look to get that feeling again. I want to. That you know, made me feel really good. What? Yeah. Do I, what? What will bring me that feeling again? Um, and you know that that was that was working with UNICEF and all that other stuff that I do. Uh, he's he's special, for sure. And and I definitely think that uh, he was chosen by you know whatever thing you believe in mm -hmm. um, to make a difference in a really profound way and he was successfully able to do it and still keep his humanity but isn't it remarkable because it's so tough to cut through with ideas you know what I mean isn't it remarkable that if you find that one thing and I guess you could be cynical and call it marketing but we do need to be marketed to and just one thing like that but don't you think that that's it's usually the things that you truly believe in that cuts through the crap of everything else. Yeah. I think that if you go into any endeavor um, with a, and this, if your motivation, if you're a teacher, whatever it is in your life, is to make a difference, make people happy, um, be a productive part of society, if you have that type of integrity, I think it cuts through all the other crap. I hope it cuts through all the other crap. You love having all these different things to do rather than just one career. Well, let me tell you why I love mm -hmm. it. Because acting is a very difficult um, job in that your career is based on what other people think of you and their opinions. And that opinion can be ridiculous. I mean, I could go in and meet with a casting director and I remind the casting director of some girlfriend they had that cheated on them or something you know mm -hmm. what i mean so acting is is one of the only artistic expressions that really you you need to be hired by other people to be allowed to do it. it's not like a, a musician who could sit in their room yeah. with a guitar and write a song so to truly and and the i mean we all know how fickle the entertainment industry is um and how fleeting your lifespan is in this business so to truly feel fulfilled I need to do other things that that 
that give me the stability of, of being of feeling productive because acting oftentimes I would actually say 75% of the time does not bring me that because it is so uncertain and you know most people it's 99% of the time I mean you're lucky right. I'm yeah. one of the lucky ones yeah. that that you know I'm one of the lucky ones that that works but it's it's a, it's not a it's a very difficult uh, place to be in and if you can and that's everyone always says I'm, I'm, I'm an aspiring actor is there any advice you you would give me and I always say, don't allow your livelihood to depend on whether or not you book an acting job. You have to keep yourself fulfilled in other areas of your life because you'll just be miserable. You'll go crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, or you'll just take yourself too seriously. But, you know, this is great. You're able to jump into this project, Runways, uh, of the All-Stars, and hosting something like that, I, the only way that you know that the person's doing well is when you don't even notice what they're doing. Uh, because that kind of broadcasting, where you're moving... It's tough. Yeah, you're, you're moving, moving it around everybody, yeah. making sure everybody gets a thing. And this show, you see that these people, they put so much into it, their heartbreak level. They're either an ecstasy or complete heartbreak you're either the whole time. You're either fulfilling their dreams or shattering them. Yeah. At any given moment, it can be both even. But it's, uh, yeah, I think the biggest challenge for me, because I've never hosted anything before, was to um, still be myself mm -hmm. and get whatever information out that I needed to get out, but still hold, you know, my, myself, still be, a, you know who I am because I, I think that anyone if I tried to do it any other way people would have seen through it mm -hmm. um, and I'll be honest the first few episodes I, I think I struggled a little bit in you know my new duties as you know trying to get all the exposition out and mm -hmm. moving a show along and and uh, being sort of the ringleader um, but like anything else, just practice and practice. Because and, and you can't be too friendly with them. You know, they're going to be gone yeah, soon, too. Yeah, that was super hard for me. Yeah. You're really I, friendly. I like people. Yeah, you seem really friendly. <laughs> I like people. <laughs> and I like people from all walks of life. Right. And it, it's so fascinating to me. Like, I wanted to know all of their stories. Like, how did you get here? And, and what, you know. Um, so I tried to keep my distance, but I, I think I, I became closer to them than, than the producers would have liked. Well, and by the way, it made it a lot harder for me, too, because there were nights that I, I lost sleep over sending people home. It's tough. It's the toughest thing, particularly when some of these kids, this was their escape from whatever podunk town they grew up in. Nobody related to them right. when they were younger. And then, you know, they come to New York and big dreams and some, you know, yeah, some yeah, of them don't make it through. It's, it's, that was definitely the hardest part of the it's job. Tough. For sure. What's that? So it's tough. Yes. We're all agreeing home. to that. Yeah. He is, he adores you. He's it's, very sweet. He really is. And he, he's got the Italian connection and you must run into people that, that's, way with you all the time right people that more or less feel like they grow up with you or... yeah and i and i've always really loved that that part of um my career because i feel like it people always uh, treat me as if i'm just a cousin right? right because i grew up in their houses um and that's really nice and i think that I would never want to be one of those uh, celebrities that can't go places or that 
can't do their own food shopping or, you know, had to alienate themselves from the rest of humanity. That just doesn't sound fun to me, probably because I like people so much. So to me, the alternative of of having just being accessible is really nice. But you had to be somewhat grounded as a kid for that, too, right? Uh, I know Corey Feldman has written this book about things that happened to him when he was a kid. For the kids who do this, you really need people around you that care about you you need a lot of protective people around you for sure and i think you know one of the one of the many wonderful things about who's the boss was it was eight years right so it wasn't like Corey feldman where he was going in and out of movies Mm -hmm. and you know he'd have downtime and he was surrounded by totally new people you know this week and um i had not only an amazing family, but an amazing TV family. Right. So I was constantly surrounded by people that were protective, that loved me. Um, and uh, I think that that made a huge difference. Tony's a good guy, and he's... Sweetheart. Yeah. Sweetheart. I love who's the boss. Yeah. What's that? I love who's the boss. Yeah, I know you do. Tony Dan's impression. Oh, you do a Tony Dan's yeah. impression? Angela. All right, that's not so, that's not, <laughs> that's not so good, though. That's not so good. It's probably the worst Tony Dancer impression <laughs> I've ever heard. I mean, you did get at least the name right when he would say it, but yeah. he put a lot more into it. Uh, this project, Runway All-Stars, I think out of all the shows, these are the most talented people. Again, I don't know how you make a jacket. I've watched the show. Yeah. I, I could go in the cookie show and make a cake or whatever. Right. But to make a jacket, to make pants to fit is... Well, we've all cooked, right? Yeah. So when you look at the cooking competition shows, we all... And I think that's what's appealing about them. We all have some experience right. with that, whether for better or for worse. But with Project Runway, to for people to just wrap their head around... Uh, and to really have a true appreciation for what the designers go through, it's it's crazy. It's I think it is the talent. And actually, some of these shows, you have Isaac on here, too. And I remember oh, seeing... Whom I adore yeah. more than anything. What was his... They did a documentary on him years ago. Unzipped. I think it was Unzipped. After that point, after I saw that and never paid attention... Uh, that got me interested in design. Just I never no, understood it any sort of yeah. documentary like that humanizes right. a subject that you might not have any idea about. And um, he's a very special, special person. Uh, uh, so talented, but also very. Uh, there's something very nurturing about mm-hmm. him, and and that's what's so great about watching him judge this show is that there's very paternal right. aspects of his critique um, that the designers really respond well to. Well, he's been through it all. I mean, he's been he's up, been down, everything. It all. Yeah. Uh, Project Runway All Stars premieres Thursday, October 24th. Uh, Blondie will be on the first episode, and. Uh, if you want to check out more, go to mylifetime.com. Listen, thank you so thank much you for so coming Thank you so much in. for having me. I love being here with you. All right, and I'll see you next time coming through. Thank you.
Melissa Milano was just in here, and Vito got his picture taken. I will tell you this, Vito. She adored you right yeah. from day one. Right from the moment she first got a look at you. I, I adored her back. I think you, must, you do well with chicks, right? I do. Because you got the gentle giant thing yeah. going on? I'm usually a lot more confident and louder than that. You, but, but, uh, let, is she back? Is she back? No, that Fez came in to ruin another picture. Um, <laughs> you, you got the hugger for a long time because Fez couldn't take the picture. She patted my back. Did she? Yeah, oh. patted my back. Oh, look at that. Sweat just flying off you. I like that she offered the picture. I didn't have to say. Was that really nice, though? Yeah, she went Did she, she say, can we take a picture? Yeah. You should have been like, no, please. <laughs> I got so much to do. Do you want a picture of me? or? <laughs> Let me see the picture you two together. I have to make it myself on wallpaper soon. You know what we ought to do is caption contest it. Ooh. Young Vito, Miss Alyssa Milano. It's very exciting. He was so bashful in here. Well, the other thing that he had done, he had kept, he was pushing his headphones around and they had scrunched up his hair and on the side of him. Oh, no. <laughs> She's very smart, though, that she would um, be careful to give him a smile. Um, like you would with an angry dog, you're just like, hey, hi, I'm going to make sure I don't put my fingers out here. God, you're so much bigger than her. She's so, she's got a lot of style about herself, too. She's a designer. Now, Fez, do you watch that show? Because every gay watches that show. I No, I ha I don't watch that show. No. You don't, you're not interested in fashion, and you're gay. You're not interested in Broadway, and you're gay. I don't know what to do with trying to... A lot of misses there, where it's that that's like that's a big chunk of common ground to meet other fucking dudes. Yeah, because they're obsessed with it. That's Tim Gunn, right? Tim Gunn uh, was the original starter guy on that. Yeah, make it work. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, mood. I don't want to give anything away from the first episode, but they got to make everything a mood. Weird. They're gonna have a lot of big stars on there this year too. Do you? Th I, I still I do not understand how you make something like that. I would be very fucking proud if that was the thing that I was given instead of running a hack-ass shitty com comedy radio show. You know, an embarrassing thing like that. No. Sure, pants and I don't know, a jacket's impressive. Whatever. They got little Asian kids making them all across the world. Well, that not that part. They just sew it. They don't fucking come up with the design and how to do it. They don't you think like projects. little yeah? You think like little Asian kids? I think uh, coming in this year gonna be silver year. Everybody gonna be wearing silver. They don't make the 2013 fall trends. All right, um, Chris, I want you to put the caption contest up. Okay. And um, beautiful, Alyssa Milano. There's a lot of people that you're like, oh, they're beautiful on TV when they turn it on. You know what I mean? Like, I've met some models. They kind of look regular until they turn it on, and then they're gorgeous. But in the case of Alyssa Milano, she's actually so gorgeous just as a natural yeah, person. She, she looked I'm great. smart as hell, too. I mean, she was talking on a lot of different subjects. Yeah, she was down for anything. And she rolled Chris, with Vito. 
I'm not, I'm not like that. I'd be very respectful here. I don't like anything that you say, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? Up. Everything that you say sounds terrible. Some things can be misconstrued, sure. Joe, you're on the Ryan and Fez show. I want to ask Fez a question, please. Please go ahead. Yes, you, sir, in the front row. Hey, Fez, um, if you wind up having gay sex and wind up hating it, will you swear it off, and then will you consider yourself gay still? Well, I, I sent a thing to Hicks about Fez, and it, there was this article called Sexual uh, Anorexics, and it's basically what Fez is. Yeah, where you starve yourself of any sexual contact. You starve yourself of sexual contact. And you make a bigger thing out of it than it actually is. You obsess on it. You think about it. You're, but at the same time, it repulses you. Yeah, judge your negative, rigid, or judgmental about sex, body appearance, and sexual activity. Look what he's got a beautiful new shirt today that the girls picked him up. And all he's done is run down his body and the shirt itself. Uh, shame and self-loathing over sexual experiences. That's Got your... it. What, what is your shame and self-loathing about this? Um, I really don't like... Like you said, I've lost some uh, weight. I don't notice it. I look in the mirror. I look to me as big as ever. And I hate my overly hairy body. You hate it. You hate your body. Yeah. I just... I feel like I'm a big hunched over monster walking down the street werewolf. Uh, yeah, you are. But I will tell you this. When you were where I was coming up uh, earlier today in the hallway, Fez was coming the other way, and he had his, his nice tailored shirt on, and I did not r recognize him because normally he's wearing swaddling clothes. He's wearing his clothes from like 50 pounds ago. So I didn't notice Fez because he was wearing something that was a little tighter on him, and he did not look as... Like he's wearing drapes. Yeah, he, he looks like he's wearing drapes all the time. Uh, here's another part of sexual anorexia. Self-destructive behavior in order to avoid, limit, or stop sex. Mm -hmm. These are all, we're just fucking checking them off here, man. The picking of his brain scabs. Um, I thought those had gone away, but then I, I'd seen the top of his head yeah. like a couple days ago. Oh, those are still there. And then he yeah. brings up that if he did have sex, he'd have a heart attack. Yeah. Preoccupation to the point of obsession with their own sexual adequacy and sexual behavior of others. You're always telling us you don't think you'll get wood. Oh, yeah, yeah. Obsessed with that. Worried about, and if I did get wood, then I wouldn't complete all the way. I don't know what that means. Wouldn't ejaculate. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that funny? <laughs> Do you have a problem in that area? Yes. Do you have a problem getting hard? Uh, yeah, but, like, it'll be a long time in between running batches, and then a lot of times if I do get hard, I can't complete, and I end up just out of breath and Is it's it, over with. Now, you're opening yourself up. Yeah. And these two fucking hetero lugs... Are they are animals? No, they're laughing to make you, and that even brings in more self Loathing. Yes, it's no wonder I'm sexually anorexic. Why does that make you laugh so hard, Chris? I, I, don't, I don't often hear him say the word ejaculate. I think. I'll, I'll whisper it in your ear if it helps. <laughs> that's, that's inappropriate. Everything that he talks about is anti-sex, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Fez is, and I've told him this before and it's made him upset, but he really should have embraced being an asexual 
before he embraced being gay. Because he's lived his life as an asexual. And I've known Fez for decades, and we were, like, worried about him before. Like, hey, when is he going to... You know, he's a little old for this. Something's got to happen here. Yeah. And I'm talking decades ago we were saying that. It was always on my mind. It was always on everybody's what everyone's tucked behind your back with. Like, figure anyone that you've ever known has brought up to me, what is with him? What is he? How does he live? How does he not, you know, and they would say, if he says he's straight, but if he's gay, just do it. You got to get that out of him. That's going to build up and fuck up his prostate. And so... And then all of a sudden, Fez would come back and everybody would be like, sit back up and act like... Everything's cool. And I was always like, well, you know, I think he's going to one day decide that he's gay. And you know how those guys fuck? He'll be fine. Yeah, they're just fucking constantly getting a nut off. No. Not this one. (laughs) Sexual anorexia also goes hand in hand with obsessive and anxiety-driven problems. That's Fez. It's this is literally checking them all off. Yes, literally all of them. He got sexual anorexia. I never even heard of this before. It doesn't matter. You've lived it. Yeah. I mean, you know all the unpleasant things. Not not one of them is a shock to you. No, no. I knew all of those things. I didn't know they all fell under one category. All right. To answer the other question, why don't you? It doesn't matter what the category is, though. All these things kind of make you un, uncomfortable or unhappy. Like this shirt. It's a nice shirt. It's uh, a great. nice shirt. Like it. It's just really it, tight. I think it looks great. That's just your self-loathing coming up. You just loathe yourself. And you make the girls feel bad because they went and did something nice for you. No, it's a very nice shirt. Uh, I think someone who it fits actually would enjoy it so That's much. That's not a nice thing that you want to hear if you bought somebody that shirt. No, you're you're shitting on the shirt. And you're shitting on Shreka? Yeah. Um, and you're shitting on Liz. And you're shitting on Holly. I don't even know if Holly had anything to do with the shirt. If I'm being I don't think so. I didn't really want to get into that. <laughs> but they were saying we did, but I'm like, I don't see Holly standing up with that. Mm-mm. Brings out your shoulders nicely. Dude, why didn't you ta- talk more with Alyssa? So so bashful, and I didn't want to inter- I didn't want to be rude and interrupt her. And then she'd hate me, and then I'd never. That was going to be the point her. of having you sitting in there. But I didn't yeah. want I like wanted. I didn't want her to hate me. You had your shot. I did. Well, now you're going to end up being a caption contest, which is great. I think uh, she. We got along well, though. Yeah, you guys did get along. She thought you were adorable. Yeah, she was was very like happy with Vito. Girls do very... like a big guy who's not an asshole. Like big guys do not understand that. That if they just act sweet, girls will like them. Because girls want like a big, stupid protector around. Like he, Lenny. Like people don't understand. Like even mean guys, you can be mean. Just don't be mean to your girl, and then she will like you. She don't mind if you're mean to the rest of the world, and you're sweet with her. They think that's even better. That's what he's got going for him. Of course he's got it going for him. He could end up being a Mrs. Alyssa Milano. Mister. Why? I want to be Mr. No, in my scenario, you're going to change your sex. Uh, like the Wachowski. Does she change her sex too? If you want. That's just... I don't even know what's going on there. Uh, Tom, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, guys. 
I love how fast he thinks he's not going to be able to come if you fuck the guy. Don't you think he's going to jizz in two seconds if he actually fucks the guy? You know what? I would worry about that, but I know, you know, what happens at home by myself. And I, I don't, don't you think, think you're going to be a little be... more excited than sitting there fucking rubbing your own dick? Yeah, if this is your, you should be fucking, the cum should be just flying out if you're fucking with some dude for you, the first time. If you would have, I mean, you missed the whole awkward 14, 15 year old first sex thing. We all used to fucking come incredibly fast. And we're like, with a girl. Wasn't that great? You just got some. You like you know that, I mean? right? Is that fucking eight seconds? It was like it takes you a couple years before you're like, wait, there's another person to please here. You got, and you're gonna have to fucking learn that quick, Fez. Why? Because he's so behind the fucking eight yeah, ball. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 just yeah. a fact. That's a fact. That's something that you're gonna have to fucking worry about. If I had to bet that. right now, if I was setting a line, Fez dying a virgin. Would be the that that would be fucking even money, more than if I had be only because of this. He doesn't choose to have sex, and my point with him was always respect that decision before then you decide you want to move on. Why hate yourself because you've done exactly what you wanted to do? You know what I mean? Like if you decided, oh, I don't want to ride horses, I'm afraid of them. Don't get mad at yourself. Just don't fucking ride horses. In this case, if you don't want to ride cocks, that's fine. You're just a sexual anorexic. One of the thing, yeah. One of the things in the gay flag is for asexuals. That's, there you go. You're still part. You're still part of the group. They like the yeah. Family. But the yeah. other people yell at you and spit on you and shit because they think you know. Come on. Maybe some people like that. You know, maybe some people enjoy that happening to them. Uh, Nick, you're on the run of face show. Finally, for all the radio goals you give us every single day, man, why don't you just go and buy one of those fake rubber assholes and fuck The Advice Show. Do you actually think someone needs the advice to buy a, ra uh, a fake rubber asshole? Flashlight? Do yeah. Don't you think, think like, the does. person who really wanted to have sex would have already got that by now? The person who just literally jerking off isn't enough for <laughs> All right, the giant and the little girl is up. Um, what do we got to give out, Fess? We have a season of Charmed on DVD. Charmed! Signed by Alyssa Milano. Who else was on that show with her? Uh, Shannon Dirty. Dirty? And who was the other girl? Rose McGowan? Uh, she, uh, she was in later seasons. But yeah, Rose McGowan was one of the charmed witches. Holly Marie Combs played Piper. My mom loved Charmed. Yeah, I don't think these girls um, got along well with each other. No, Shannon didn't stay for the whole run. Shannon doesn't play nice. She doesn't get along with everybody. Oh, that's a terrific picture, you guys. Beautiful. I, I sent it to my mom. What, she, your mom right back yet? She goes... What happened to your t-shirt? <laughs> <laughs> that was a stupid idea. You should have left your t-shirt on. Yeah, did you see me you sitting fucking, over there? Like... Yeah, yeah, I did say, I thought you were cold. I, yeah, I, thought, I told you to leave it open. Make you look her, like post-raped. Make her look at it. That's what I always say. 
I wanted to talk more, but there was like a few minute period in there where it got talking about AIDS, and like I, I felt well, like. What did you say? I hope I never get AIDS. <laughs> that would have been a great thing. That to like, it's, you know, she would have appreciated good that. Point. She was adorable when she did that, though, and I'd forgotten about that. But that little Ryan White, when he had AIDS, the one that was out in judge. This little kid, right? Yeah. And people were like really afraid of AIDS back then and weren't nice to people who had AIDS and thought that they could catch it from, you know, being in the same building, whatever. She went in and kissed that little kid, and it was. Niagara Falls, Frankie Angel. Niagara Falls. That's miles brave. This is the sweetest thing I ever saw in my life. And then she's downplaying it, and then even saying, oh, no, I like to do good things because I feel good about it myself. I'm like, you're the anti-fest. She's all around good person. And she's churning out this uh, sports gear for chicks. Touch. I wish she would make me a girl sports jersey just for myself. Why didn't you say that to her? She says, can I get some swag? You know, you had your chance to talk, and you just fucking acted like I do an impression. It was. A, I thought it was. A, she did not like the. She hated the impression. She liked the effort. Dude, you're standing so weird too. Like somebody. I'm so much bigger than her. Like I know, but it looks like you. Off. Like you got a stick in your ass, and you're leaning back on it. You missed your buttons too. I think you misaligned yeah. your buttons on <laughs> oh, your sweater. I realized God. that after she came in, and I was like, shit, I can't unbutton them and button them back up. Now. No, she. Hated you. She didn't hate me. Yeah, this, that's actually ended up being pretty bad. This looks like a contestant on Project Runway made a really bad sweater and she's posing with it. That's mean because that was important to him. I think we look happy together. Yeah, you do. But you do look like you're two different species. It's like a <laughs> fucking St. Bernard next to a poodle. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tweet that picture at her. What's the only picture you have, Beats? It's a keepsake. My mom just said, you must be very happy. <laughs> pretty fucking obvious, Leslie, huh? He called his mom Leslie? He, call, he told us to call her Leslie. You guys can call her Leslie. I call her mom. Let me see a picture of your mom. Let me see if I have one. Get a picture of your mom with Tony Danza. I want that to happen. <laughs> I make it look like you guys are all doing a show. Got it. It's hard to even get on the iBang now because everybody wants to see Vito. Everybody loves Vito. Jimmy, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, guys. Hey, Fez, I just wanted to compliment you. I know a lot of people call up and they bust your balls a lot, but I think the last couple of days and last week you've been doing good. You've been, uh, you know, participating, so good for you. He has been participating. But my, my other question I had was, says with the clothes thing you know why don't you just go to a, like i'm assuming you have money considering you're on a radio show why don't you just go buy new clothes and have someone help you out my buddy mike from uh, molly's is you know he's always a he's a fashion photographer too he's offered to take fez on those things and he's just like give me fez fez's card and i will come back and he will have a look not new pants, not a new jacket, a look. And then I'm like, but won't that attract gaze to him? It's exactly what he doesn't want. Um, Mike, you're on the Ron Fez show. Hey, buddies, I got a uh, caption for you. What's that? 
Oh my gosh, one of us just squeezed. All right, that's Come on. terrible. Awful. That's terrible. How many years have you been offered the Total Makeover Fest? I think uh, since I came out on the air, so that's a uh, year and a half. How come you don't go for the Total Makeover? I like to see it with a walking stick, a fucking monocle. Oh, yeah. Um, Spats. Yeah. Steampunk? Steampunk would be fucking cool for you, dude. You got the stash. That's a steampunk stash. Soon you're going to have the half stash. And get some goggles and a fucking top hat, and you're going to look great. Or the the flight hat. Yeah. Like a bomber. Yeah. Well, we just look like he just got off a fucking Zeppelin, and he's looking for a fucking place to eat shrimp. Get a get a Rocketeer helmet. Is that what you're after, Fez? The Advice Show. We always love to give Fez advice. Yeah. Because we can give him any advice, and it won't be taken. So we can give him good advice or bad advice, and it does, doesn't matter. Fez, pick up some prostitutes and murder them. We've how many times have we be the other way around with male prostitutes and he won't do it. He just he I I didn't no. even sex surrogate. You were offered that from your shrink, and you said no. What's that? That's a, a male prostitute, but one like that a kinder one. You can write a check to. Oh, what about Craigslist? Dude, I fucking I've got on Craigslist. I'll go on Craigslist right now and find some young cock for Fez to just suck or get sucked by. You come up with uh, twelve or thirteen thousand dollars. He will fucking take you out and change your whole look. Thirteen thousand dollars? Well, you want to? I mean, you're going to buy it for the season. Yeah, you're going to get a. It's not a pair of pants and two sweaters. Why? What do you want to spend? Baller shit. I thought maybe a couple hundred. <laughs> Why don't you do this? Why shop? You're so. <laughs> That's every three years. You're so fucking tight. Why don't you just put a fucking piece of coal up your ass, walk around till it becomes a diamond? Can't be a baller on a budget. No, you're right about that. You got to grab that fucking black card. No spending limit, Fez. No just, spending. Just limit. whatever it takes to get done. Ah, oh, the cat already. I would give this out today to whoever came up with the caption, "Vito's big day." Because oh, that's, <laughs> that's how I already think of it. This is my big day. It is your big day. I'm so I'm so excited. Uh, Bill, you're on the Run of Face show. Hey, buddies. Um, Fizzy, you're getting outgained by Pepper right now. You realize that, right? Getting out what? You're getting outgained by Pepper. I've never heard him talk about a man like this before. Like, Vito looks at him as his dad, and then Pepper turns around, and he wants to fuck him. I do not want to have any sort of relations besides oh, professional shit. ones with my intern, Vito. All right. Pepper, Pepper, it, what is Pepper like? It is getting very gay, yeah. With you. <laughs> no, there's nothing going on here. You did tell me to squeeze it before. That, I don't know. I don't remember that at all. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, and then I told you to take your shirt off. What's the big deal? Um, all right, I'm going to read off some of these. Um, charmed. Meet farmed. The hottie and the hunchback. <laughs> Looks like drunk uncle got a sober niece. Stop. We all saw what Lenny did to that puppy. <laughs> it was a bunny. The day Alyssa's charitable spirit died <laughs> is my bodyguard getting a reboot. Oh, I love that movie. Um, it's our time down here. 
Only Shrek and Howls will get this. Oh, sure, Liz, because you're the only three that saw Goonies. Um, Unibrow Man gets Katie Couric. Fucking sick. <laughs> These tits are making me thirsty. Come on. <laughs> Old ratty fat sweater. <laughs> Grimace splooge purple cum all over the skirt. <laughs> Catch you on the escalator. I'm going up. Restraining order finally broken. <laughs> Vito is liking Shelby's new look. M O O N. That spells Alyssa. <laughs> this is what Jim Jeffries looks like with Downs. I was petting her, George. When did the Hulk do the Ron and Fez show? I petted her until she didn't make any more noise, George. Uh, Don John Bon Bon. Sorry I killed your bunny, George. This is starting to be... Baby Ruth. Joe has one I like. Mongo-like girl. Project Dumbway All-Stars. I had a girlfriend once, but she don't move no more. Good-looking chunk. Gets cute little punk. Thank you. A special moment for the special ed. Half a Hulk face finds love. <laughs> Project Runaway. <laughs> Did the Hulk just get out of bed? <laughs> when did Charlie Brown get into a horrific accident? <laughs> Beauty and the Beast. Now it's time for some of that gay dog. Um, look at Eliza working the big dummy. <laughs> Pull over. No, it's a cardigan, but thanks for asking. Fez's shitty fart, fatty shirt contest winner. God damn, I hope my buttons are buttoned right. <laughs> Hand me the supermodel, Lenny. Beauty and half a fagula. <laughs> she wants some of my Ron Ron juice. Who's the loss? <laughs> Swiss shirts with pheasant and blow each other. <laughs> <laughs> Alyssa meets Mr. Met. <laughs> this is fucking cruel. Beauty and the Vits. A lot of people are guessing that you didn't do the, the shirt correctly. And then finally, just looks like a retard at Tim Tebow. Uh, your chance to win. Um, it's all up there. Uh, George, you're on the Run of Fez show. Me? Yeah. God, Fez, shut up, man. You know, your fucking voice is driving me insane today. Mm, yeah. He's a little chatty. He's a chatty one, our Fez Fez. All right, we got a break. Uh, Ray Davies coming up. Uh, in a little bit of the Kinks Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, got a brand new book out about his time with America and Ray Davies was shot um, about 10 years ago in um, Nolens and he talks about that a lot uh, we'll be back in just a little bit it's the Run and Fest show the Run and Fest show on the Open Anthony Channel 
Sirius XM. <laughs> You've been warned. Coming up in a little bit, uh, third time on the Ron and Fez show, the great Ray Davies. The great Ray Davies is going to be here. Um, love him. Just love the man. And uh, uh, Alyssa Milano in here with Vito. This is so funny. It was, it was beautiful. He was looking at her like a, like a big, dumb kindergarten kid looks at their teacher. <laughs> He like, was I'm in love with Miss Alyssa. He was smitten with her. Yeah, but not in a way that he could ever do anything about. Oh. Um, I just noticed something as I was looking in the picture. You can see Hicks taking the picture, and it looks like a walrus is a walrus ghost is right <laughs> above Alyssa's head. I can see Fez in there. We never set up people to take their picture in front of the Ron and Fez sign like normal people would. Well, we had to make a last-second swap out of the p picture taker. Oh, yeah, Fez did Yeah, the... I don't know what's wrong with his phone. It's a touch screen. It's... He did that with my niece one day, and it was just nightmarish. And she's still, as she shows people the story, she, she tells them about the long hug that she had to have with the star. Um, what are you going to do? That was also the day I threw my back out and Fez made me go down to the hallway waiting for <laughs> waiting for it. And I was just like you don't remember the day my back was out where I was literally I was an L. You were ridiculous. <laughs> you are far too young to have that kind of shit happen to you. Uh Unmasked is coming up and this one should be an interesting one. The one and only Artie Lang. Artie Lang. Uh head on over to the iBank. He'll be talking about his book. Crash and Burn, where he will actually go through how he crashed and burned. What it should be called is Crashed and Burn and then Risen Out of the Fire, because he's doing great again. Yeah, he's everywhere. He's fucking doing... I, I, I love this. I love, when that all the shit went down, I think everyone was really worried, but to see him fucking come back like this, it's great. I love Artie. Thanks for just repeating what I just said oh. in a way that was more scrambly yeah. and less helpful. <laughs> No, I'm only I try to be more helpful. Let's say I'm a fucker. Well, but you're basically just saying the same thing back, and then you yell out, I love Artie. I do. As a, as a helpful way. I like Beer League. I like that movie. Uh, Artie Lang, Crash and Burn, is the book, and he will be the next Unmasked. These tickets will go awful fast, so make sure you head on over to the iBang. And sign up for that. That's Friday, November 1st. Friday afternoon, November 1st at 2 o'clock. So get to the iBank right away. Part of the million days of Christmas, your chance to win. Games! Prizes! Holiday cheer! You'll never stop winning on the Ron and Fed Show's 
million days of Christmas. Um, your chance to win on the caption contest today, Vito's Big Day, which I still think is a leader. Vito's Big Day. Um... Where Vito gets his picture with Alyssa Milano. God, she's a stunning girl. Beautiful. Uh, this is up on the iBank today. I want to see how you guys feel about it. This guy who's playing for the Phillies. Uh, what's his name? It's uh, Dominic Brown. Dominic? Dom- that's the way it's spelled. Dominic. Uh, well, we're English people, so we can, we speak English, so we can say it our own way. Um he shows up at the Iggs game cheering for the Cowboys. Now, Fez just let out a gasp, but let's be honest about this. He didn't grow up in Philadelphia. The Cowboys are his team. Do you really have a problem with that? I don't. I think the guy can get away with it. Well, first of all, whether you think it's right or not doesn't mean he's going to get away with it. He's fucked in Philly. (laughs) But here's the thing. Can you go back and root for your team, or should you be ever rooting against your fans? You should never root against the fans. These are the people who support you. And just because you're crossing sports doesn't mean you should all of a sudden pick up the banner for a rival. And not just a well, rival. I mean, this is an enemy. Well, you gotta, you're saying all of a sudden like he had some falling out with the Eags. He never was an Eags fan. He grew up somewhere else. He doesn't really live in Philadelphia. The Cowboys are his team. And all he's doing on his free time is cheering for his own team. This is the thing most people refuse to believe about athletes. You love that team more than they do. The entire idea of you being an athlete means you can play under whatever difficult situation. But because a guy plays for the New York Giants doesn't mean that he cares about the New York Giants' history Or he cares about them. If you go into the Steelers stadium, the people in the stands love the Steelers more than the players. That's a job for the players. So what you're upset about is that he destroyed the illusion that you have. Like the first time that you saw Santa Claus in a pair of fucking Converse. It's not real. The illusion of being a fan is not a real one. Still, I think you keep that to yourself, mister. Why? Because you're you're only going to anger your own fan base to begin with. The you point, want people the, to support you. Support the city. Is it really supporting the city, though? I think so. I think it's supporting the whole town that you're in. I think it's just an illusion. It's simply just an illusion, and he chooses to buy into the illusion that he was raised with, where he's a Cowboys fan. Now, uh, I can't see him being able to play in Philly. I can't see those people forgiving him. You could probably get away with this in fucking Tampa. I don't think you can get away with it in Philly. People probably find out where he lives. I'm just going to throw that out there. He probably lives in one of those residential motels. Dominique. Dominique. I think it's time for people to grow up and remember that these guys 
aren't from your city at all. It's not going to happen. People fucking, they are, they're fucking mad dogs. They want these guys to just fucking, look, look Kaepernick got trolled for wearing a fucking Dolphins hat. Hey, bro, this is I Super thought Bowl. that was wrong. It's stupid. That's actually more wrong than cheering on a different sport. This guy's this guy's fucking has no. So problem. Fez, you're a Buccaneers fan. Yes. Um, and you would not let any of the Rays show up and cheer for their team that they grew up with, right? Right. Yeah, I wouldn't want the Rays showing up to cheer on the Saints. Would you care if they were wearing uh, Lakers gear, since you don't have a basketball team? Or is that wrong to Central Florida and Orlando? They should stick with a Magic jersey. Um, let's go over to... Um, let's go to Grant. Grant, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey. hey. I got a problem with this. It's, it's football. If he was going to a Yankees game, on, a, on an off-day room for a Yankees, I'd be pissed. I don't give a fuck if he's going to a football game rooting for that squad. He don't play for the Eagles. He plays for the Phil. He really is a Phil. That's where he's, you know, booked to play. That's where they've assigned him to play. Uh, and he surely isn't cheering against the Phillies, but he's cheering for his uh, team. Um, let's go over to uh, Brian and PA. Brian, you're on the Run of show. Hey, Ronnie. Um, I think I think what we're talking about really specifically applies mostly to Philadelphia. And the reason I say that is it's the only place, and I've gone to a lot of NFL games, where if you're wearing a blue jacket, and it's just because your jacket happens to be blue, people think you're the enemy. So, uh, you know, that, that whole mentality is such a, such a Philadelphia thing. Because I've gone to Yankees games, and I've gone to Knicks games, and I've seen other people wearing other caps, and they get jeered at or yelled at. But only in Philly does it get personal, does it get brutal. Your thoughts? Um, well, A, one time I almost saw someone get tossed off the fucking third tier for wearing Dodgers gear. Uh, to a fucking game, and it wasn't like they were someone from Philly. I mean, they were a Dodgers fan, and it was the fucking playoffs, and they were going off, and they were fucking holding on, and the cop had to come up and grab his fucking leg. These guys were chucking him off. Um, but a guy in L.A. was beat to death over wearing fucking Niners. If anything, we should say... Stop being so fucking crazy about what your team is. It's a team that you root for, not a fucking gang that you belong to. This guy grew up rooting for the Cowboys. Who gives a shit if he cheers for the Cowboys? Why should he change? Or your thing is to, oh, you can cheer for the Cowboys, but at home. Yeah. Because the last thing we want to see is the truth. Um you're against him making his choice, right? Fez? Yes, I am. What if his choice was a gay choice? Then you would be like, he has the right to go there with his boyfriend. But if he showed up with his boyfriend and everybody jeered him and threw shit at him, you would be like, the people of Philadelphia should be arrested. If you're for pro-choice, the guy's got to make his choice. Uh, Brian, in New York, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, boys. Uh, Fezzy, quick question for you, pal. I know this is a little far-fetched, but let's say right. you're playing basketball for the New Orleans Pelicans, right? And uh, Tampa comes into town to play the Saints. Big rival game. Who are you rooting for? All right. Who's playing the Pelicans? 
No, no. You, let, let's just say you, you're a pelican. You're a like you're you just you're a pelican. You dove down. Oh, you grab. Here's what happened. You're a pelican. You're flying over the Gulf. You fucking come swooping down, opening your mouth, and a fish comes in there. Right. Right. Do you swallow it down your fucking neck gullet, <laughs> or do you hold it in that bottom part of your mouth? Um, for a later snack, I'll hang up and listen to your answer. Hey, it's Hard Rock Johnny. Hey, Johnny. Hello, What's happening? Johnny. You, buddy. Johnny. So, hey, uh, Pep, I, I emailed you a cup last week. I haven't heard back. Hey, from you, but it's, it's typical. Well, why haven't you heard back, Pep? I sent, I sent back to him. I don't think so, but that's all right. Is this about Eddie's party? No, this is something totally different. I had someone who wants to come on the show, but we'll, we'll talk about it tomorrow. You are more than welcome to come on the show. <laughs> well, it wasn't with, me. It was someone else, really. But. With anyone that you wanted to bring in. All right. If you said to me, I've got Boss Hog, and he <laughs> wow. wants to stop by and say hello, I'd be glad to do it. He's a good cooter. Email me, so, Johnny, if you need oh, to. No, oh, I, thank I, I you. Back. I, know, I know exactly what he's talking about. You didn't um, hit him back. You forget so, shit. He does that. I think it's just too much weed. He smokes a hell of a lot of weed. Hell of a lot. Times. Yeah. So you're talking about the whole fan thing? Couple, yeah. You know, so the, what, Johnny? We were. I went, I went last I was at Giants game last night. Thank God they got a win. There was more people in purple outfits. There was a guy two rows behind me wearing overalls that were purple and gold. I don't even know where you would get these things. And I have no problem with someone cheering for their team when you go to a game. I mean, it's your right. What we always tell people is just cheer forward. Because if you turn around and start cheering at me, that's a different story. You're not cheering for your team. Then you're just fucking with me. Yeah, now you're trying to start shit. Right. And, like, there was was a guy who sits a section over from us. He's a, a big dude. And in front of him were three kids all wearing their Vikings gear, and they started turning around and getting in his face at the beginning of the game. Oh, Giants suck. And he just said, turn around. And, like, he was kind of getting I, – I, for a minute, I thought that, like, you know, we were going to have to kind of go over and help him because he was going to get the three-on-one beat down. But right. he's a pretty big dude. And as the game went on, they, they kind of made friends, but the kids were still – and there was really not much else for them to cheer after that horrible, disappointing game by that horrible quarterback. But – um, and not horrible, but fuckable. Fez tells us. Very true. <laughs> um, He's cute. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, you shouldn't be yelled at or screamed at because you want to root for your team. Now, I'm not. I never wear like I'll go to a Giants game every home game. I will. I've never ever wear something of my team ever. I don't. I just. It's not my thing. I won't wear a jersey. It's embarrassing and it's gay. <laughs> I know. I a man to wear another man's shirt is fucking embarrassing. It makes you look like you're 12. Uh, yeah, I never, I never, just, it was never my thing. I don't own any, like, I only the only thing I own from any of the teams I, I like are championship hats. Like, I'll buy the Giants, like, not that they'll do one this year, but a no, they might. hat. Or they only need eight more hat. wins. Yeah, well, they might be able to. I think they end eight and eight, by the way. That's just going on the record. Um... And you know, but and you could win that division by two games if you go eight and eight. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just I don't have a problem with it. Just don't be, don't cheer at me. Cheer at the field. Don't turn around and get in my face about it because it's just then, then you're asking for it. Mm, I say I'm not saying that you should get punched in the head like that girl, but you know, which was totally wrong. But you know, it's just you shouldn't. You just, you know, you should act respectful. Respectful. Do you uh, ever make signs and bring them? 
Um, I've never made a sign to anything and brought it to anything I've ever gone to. You never even, uh, I thought I saw you with a sign once that said, I smell what you're cooking, Rock, <laughs> and I like it. No, I never, I never did. And I, you know, I have, I've gone to a bunch of wrestling. I've never did it. The only time I've ever made a sign was this summer when I was in, at our, in, in London. I was asked to make a request sign to hang off of the side of the stage for Springsteen, but it was for Pat Riley. So I was okay doing that because it was for, for Pat Riley. So. I uh, was so worried that you hadn't mentioned Springsteen during <laughs> this entire phone call, Weird. and I'm like, he's going to, he's going to actually end up uh, being out. But no, you nailed it. Nope. I um, needed to. Here's uh, Bob. Bob, you're on the Run and Fez show. Fez, how come you're not streaming Hard Rock Johnny about going over Pepper's head? Yeah, that's true. That yeah, and Mikey D. Thanks, What's Bob. On? You came off like a real twat that time, Watley. This is a completely different situation. It's not like Johnny no, got not. a response from Pepper and didn't like it, so he went around. Pepper didn't give him a response at all. It's uh, completely you know, different. I know I fucking said it. I know I, know I fucking talked to him. Or is this that? Or maybe, I don't know. You're pointing out that Pepper is a bad fucking producer now, though, Fez. Thanks, Fez. Well, just to prove that I'm right against Mikey D. I gotta get Mikey back in here and make oh, this show. I'm back, you guys. That was uncomfortable. That was really uncomfortable listening to that. And then poor when poor little Lene was there. I know oh, the way God. he treats his daughter is awful. I didn't say that. I just said it was uncomfortable. I didn't You're right. qualify as to what way or how I felt about it. Just that it was there were some uncomfortable moments in that entire. I got day. you. I know what you're saying. No, you don't. But it's, bad dad. I know. <laughs> I never said Mikey was a bad dad. Although I I'm with you. I do get calls from Mikey when there's certain concerts around. But, of you know, course right. you do. I listen, and I'm I sure like there's Mikey. something here that he wants. I don't know. Maybe there is something in the studio. Maybe. the Maybe the season of Charm signed by Alyssa Milano that's up for grabs today. I, I would like that. No, not really. Hmm. That little Lene got old, too. What happened? Remember when she was just a little kid on the show? Well, people grow up. I guess. Um, a lot of people even pointed out, I'll just read this one, um, that Mikey had said this, having kids changes your life or things change. But Fez was repeating or mock, uh, mocking, Lene ruined your life. It's very interesting that Fez thinks change is a cinnamon for ruin. Maybe that's why he's not changed in eight years. Please book your shrink onto the show. If I ever brought his shrink in here, I'd kick her till she was dead. <laughs> and I would just open up her purse and take all that money. Booker, Fez. Wow, this surprises me. I'm going through the emails here. Jill Lawson actually uh, said something about a, a other person that if I repeated it, uh -huh. would start a Twitter war. Whoa. I'm going to do something for Jill, though. I'm not going to even say this. Because I don't want her in a Twitter war. Not even a hint? One she can't handle? Um, well, nobody could handle this. No one can handle this Twitter war. Let's see. Um... Oh, man. The uh, Liz Sets Fire thinks the veto is so adorable. Um, well, everyone looks cute with an Alyssa Milano doll on their arm. 
Well, she met him before then, Fez. You forget. You've already forgotten. In real life. All right, Hard Rock Johnny. All right, boys. When's Eddie's party? Tomorrow night. See, I'm not I'm not kept up to date on anything. No, that's that Chris Stanley. Maybe you better start no. to write directly to fucking Fez. I think I actually did text Fez even. You texted me this morning. I haven't had a chance yeah. to text you back. Yeah, you that's fucking okay. tell me, Fez. You know I'm making all kinds of plans. <laughs> all right, Johnny. All right, boys. See you tomorrow. All right. Peace. Uh, James. James, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Yeah, Ronnie, I think one point every, well, people are missing maybe is that um, most professional athletes don't have a choice of where they're going. They're they're drafted into the city they go to and uh, don't they, they don't get the chance no. to pick where they're going to play. So they're quite often going to have other teams they root for. Why wouldn't they? You, you generally love the people you grow up with and you're like, that's my team. Chris Stanley doesn't feel like uh, I'm being disrespectful to New York by liking the teams that I grew up with. Bullshit. You know, uh, <laughs> if if I did a sports show, it's the only team that I would call my team is the ones when you were younger. I've been around New York enough that I'm allowed to uh, adapt these teams, adopt these teams. I wouldn't do it. Fuck them. Fuck the Knickerbockers and Rangers and every other blue and orange shitty. This is, these are great teams. You're, you're fucking you had the down. worst colors. Mets, Rangers, fucking Knicks have the worst uniforms oh, ever. The fucking the orange and blue looks great. Oh God, no. Then why aren't you a fucking Mets fan? Don't you think they look like idiots? They look great too. Cheer for the good. Gators then. <laughs> No You're thanks. not a Yankees fan. No, yes, they I even am. say that looks great does not make you a Yankees fan. I'm a Yankees fan. And I'm I noticed fucking, the difference no. between you and Earl and Dave mm. is those guys live and die with the Yankees. And you're like, playoffs, I'll go to the fucking parade. <laughs> I'd even go Party. so far to say you're not a sports fan. Oh, I am a sports fan. Damn fucking straight. And, and not, not even much of a watcher. I don't even think you know a lot of the movies that the watchers <laughs> This is fucking crazy. No. The watchers, Dave Mac Sports Program. I'm all about all of it. You know what's weird? Yeah. Out of all the stuff that you do, yeah. and you're on seven shows, uh, one real show and then six podcasts, <laughs> the best thing that you do, yeah, by far, mm. high society. Oh, thank you. That's where you're at your best. Talking about weed. Copping weed, smoking weed during the podcast. Weed, 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 weed. There's some weed talk. It's at uh, morelikeradio.com. More like radio. What's that mean, anyway? It's like a podcasting network. Who are you on there with? Well, there's the brain stew. There's hippo juice. It's just a, it's a huge network of... Uh, uh, do I know any of these people, though? Do I know who hippo juice and brain stew are? You know who hippo juice is. Oh, you mean the person that... I thought that this was like... You're not on with the celebrity podcasters. No. You're on with more of the... Big Kev's geek stuff. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of like an O&A offshoot. Yeah, it's more like radio.com. I cited radio. That's me. Um, hmm. Leslie wants you to know about uh, some... Decent places to 
get Mexican food out of the trucks in Astoria. What the El Rey taco truck? Come on, who do you think? Who do you think you're talking to? Thirtieth Avenue and Thirty Second Street. Bring it. No. Oh. <laughs> She's bringing up guacamole on Broadway. Okay, I know guacamole on Broadway. Um. Do you know about the mole on Forty Fucking Fourth Street? That's my shit. When did this turn into a competition? <laughs> and she came up with Mexican Boulevard truck tacos. Know them? You don't. Yeah, I look. There's like four or five Mexican taco trucks in the story. They fucking dominate the late night food game out, around there. Um, Jeff, you're on the Run and Fez show. Hey, I, hey, buddies, how you doing? I just wanted to call and just say I. Huge welcome back to Fez. I mean, we've been hearing him more than I've heard him in years, and uh, I think he's doing great. So, I well, say. we had a big meeting last night, and we were going over some of the blocks that you've been having, and it seems like today, Fez, mm -hmm. you're unblocked. Yeah, it's like his, his microphone's on today. It's great. He's, I mean, he brings a lot to the show. So he is, and he's being scrappy. And he's being fun. He's not like Hicks where someone gives him advice and he runs them down and tries to bring up other things and tries to top them. But mm. just being like, oh, thank you for that, Leslie. That's great. Oh, I thought, you know, I took it as like, you don't know shit about the place you live. See, I, I just take things the wrong way sometimes. Well, that's there too, but it wasn't intended that way. Really? Okay. Do you guys not get along? Definitely not. I try to give him advice with the shirt, wear a skinny tie or whatever. <laughs> Didn't listen to me. You should have worn the skinny tie. You look terrible with it all open like that. I, you look like you're half shaved your chest. Well, yeah, but where the I mean, I don't think it's a sexy thing, but it's where the heart monitor goes. So oh there's God. some shave it's, and some not. Not sexy oh at all. Patchy. No. Patchy. There's no sex appeal there. I couldn't find my skinny tie. Then you go and get new one. You buy. Stop going back to the 80s for your own ties. Buy new. You ought to throw everything out of your fucking closet right now, Fez. I'm starting to think that Liz is trying to have an affair with our intern. Oh, my God. Vito, careful. No, I didn't say Vito. Oh. Shelby. Oh, boy. Mm. Well, Molly sent us a bunch of stuff. What a blast from the past. What's all going on tomorrow night too, with his party? Who's all going to be? Is it going to be a concert? I believe there, yeah, I believe there's a performance involved. I don't have all the details. Why I gotta not? start getting all those emails. Oh God, make sure I don't start singing Ray Davies songs in front of him. It's really embarrassing. Music performance by the Winery Dogs and special surprise guest jams. It's gonna be cool. Um, George wrote in that this guy who likes the Cowboys grew up in Florida, so tell me how the Cowboys are his team. A lot of fucking assholes love the Cowboys that didn't grow up anywhere near Texas. My buddy, born and raised in Brooklyn, is a huge Cowboys fan. and, and Anywhere you'll go, you'll meet those assholes. How did this happen? Because of his dad, I guess? It's like, it's just insane. Dude. His dad's a fucking asshole, too, then. The whole family really just a bunch of ball busting dicks. There's a poll on the IB wire along with this. Can a Philly root for the Cowboys? So you can put in your choice there as well. What's the root? What's the score? 
Right now, the results are he can cheer for whoever he wants, 58%. Oh. Don't go against the city that cheers for you, 41%. Um, Nick, in Ohio, you're on the run of the show. Hey, man, I, Hicks, I, I can sense the sexual tension between you and Fez, man. It's been going on for a long time. So, why don't you and Fez pop Somali and you shove your big old centaur dick in his fucking mouth? Look, there's only se- sexual tension coming great from idea, Chris. the end of the room. And pointing That's towards a Fez. fucking... Then we kill two birds with one stone. Nope. I'm not interested in having gay man love. That's you, the problem. He's never had sex with a guy, no. and neither of you. Yeah. I got two fucking virgins sitting in here. See, I'm, I'm, I'm a fucking male gay virgin. I got two virgins. One's name is Chris Stanley, <laughs> a fucking virgin. Well, this, when, when I was out of the room, one thing. High Society Radio. More like radio.com. Uh,. Didn't Fez say he'd sleep with me? And when I was outside the room once, just to... Oh, yeah, and you were angry with him for a long time about that. Yeah, it's, I still think about it sometimes. This guy brings up sexual tension. It really makes me feel uncomfortable. We were off the air and you were out of the room. <laughs> it doesn't make it any better, Fez. This fucking makes it, it worse. It does make it uncomfortable. It is the, one of the things that people uh, fear with gay people is because you're like, yeah, I'm just a regular dude. But then you go, but I'd blow you. And then you're like, what? So you just think about sucking my D? When we're just hanging out, that's fucking. That really is fucking weird. I'm sure he's jacked off thinking about you. <sighs> I didn't want to think about that. It's one of the con- one of the times I couldn't oh. come. Oh, it's just kind of nowhere. Like you, he'll turn your asshole into one. <laughs> Nasty, dude. So, who's who really cares? I just don't want to be fucking used by Fez. That's all. Just get used. <laughs> no. It's the last thing I want to do. Um, here's Trevor. You're on the run of Fez show. Uh, yeah, I don't know why I waited on all time. It seems pretty trivial. But Charlie Johnny is just Who's the worst? Who's the most stereotypical bad New York fan? And I finally had to call and say something. There's good New York fans, but he's an example of the one that gives them all like a shitty neck. I had to listen to him whine like the goddamn bus was crashing. Like, like Tom Coughlin had come and stolen all his famous pants last week. He couldn't have been more despondent. And then they beat the Lily Vikings. Now they're going to win out? Yeah. That's, that's the worst. You're right. He's an asshole. Johnny's a real asshole. Payne Hillis is going to have a fantastic second coming career. Cancel my plans to go to his party tomorrow night. You're going to miss the winery, dogs. Um, yeah, I don't want to miss that. Let's go over to Eric in Dallas. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, uh, Fez. Yes. Hey, uh, I wanted to ask you, what's your hang-up with this money? I mean, you got to be making at least... Or taking home like thirteen, fifteen thousand dollars a week. I mean, why can't you just drop thirteen grand on a new set of clothes? Yeah, why don't you just drop the better. fucking thirteen G's, just a dude? Week's paycheck. Just fucking drop it. Just fucking buy it. Go out and get a whole new look. I'll tell you this: you're talking about why you're doing better today. You got other shitty clothes. 
You look like a fucking rock star. Change Lower level rock star, but a rock star. See? Or a cover band. You look like a cover... You're just staring. You're not talking I, with me. But you do. You look, you look like a cover band. Don't you understand what's happening? I feel don't like me. a rock star that's been rolled up in a really tight carpet. You always want to find everything that's fucking negative. That's sexual anorexia right there. Why don't you just fucking embrace your lower level rock stardom? Like you're the fucking opening act in a mid-level fucking theater on a fucking uh, Canadian tour. Just fucking bring it as hard as you can. Yeah. Because look, this is fucking, this is what, where it's going to happen here. You're fucking Chilliwack right now. You know what I'm saying? Probably not. There's no music at all. You're fucking April wine at this point. You know, your things are fucking happening. You're not Rush, obviously. Mm -mm. But things are going fucking well for you. You shouldn't fucking play it down. You should not play it down. I hope you're not going to play my girl. I hope you're going to play my... What's my favorite song by them? Uh, played it on the show many times. I don't know. Chris, congratulations. You just became my best friend. This is awesome. I'm Wait, glad that fucking... I don't know. Just before I yeah. fuck into that. Hey, Pips. Do you want to be my best friend? That'd be great, Ron. Okay, Pips is my it's best just friend. Just because he fucking says I want, yeah, Ron. It's just there's something about him. He's just really cool. <laughs> He's not as desperate as you are. Did I come off as desperate? Just that second you did. <laughs> <clears throat> Man, how many times have we done the bit about my favorite Chilliwack song? And now it's back to Canafelli root for any. I'm gonna have to make a big switch. I'm thinking about moving Pips in here. Yeah. But you back on the computer. Yeah. Fez on the big board. Whoa. That's swapping everything out. Yeah. Jim Leland this shit. I feel bad Jim Leland's decided to retire. I fucking blame the Detroit Tigers for not sending him out a champion. I think it'll be Series back. start tonight? Yeah, it's night, 8 o'clock. Tomorrow night. It's tomorrow night? First and game should be Wednesday. And you wonder why you're not my fucking best friend. I'm a dick. I gotta have some dogs for tomorrow night. And some peanuts and cracker jacks, and I don't care if I ever get back. Well, I do want to get back. I just don't want to fucking stay at the stadium forever. Who's gonna win? Tomorrow night, Sox got it. How about the whole series? Sox and six. I forgot. You're the worst Yankees fan ever. Because I'm not some crazy Yankee zombie? No, I'm fucking... No, you're not. That's what a Yankees fan is, a crazy Yankee zombie. I can't be a zombie. You're a fucking... You're like a little bird who comes in and just eats a couple of seeds <laughs> and then acts like, I'm going to lay down and sleep now. Oh, I hope another bird comes by and bangs me in the ass. <laughs> the, the first part sad nice getting raped. Come on, you're making Fez feel bad. I want Fez to feel accepted. You just described... his new gay shirt. Yeah. You like it, Fez? It's really, really tight, and I think I'm gonna have like some sort of creases in my stomach lining here from right. where it folds across. Do you want to return it? Fletch just uh, fucking wrote to me, and guess what he writes? Fly by night. He's my fucking real best friend. The flathead knows me better than Fez Watley. Thanks, Fletch. Mr. Richie to the white courtesy phone. Mr. Richie to the white courtesy phone. 
How come Flats is my best friend Fez is? Oh, I know why. Flats loves me. I love you. I just don't know music. Or me. That'd be like fucking um, Chris Stanley coming over to my house. Oh, let me get you a, a big Arnold Palmer to refresh yourself while you watch the games. Hey, I had this idea yesterday. Uh, you know the Arnold Palmer, right? Uh-huh. It's lemonade with iced tea. Yeah. What about this? You give the restaurant does this. You give out a fucking iced tea with lemonade ice. As it melts, it's bringing a nice lemon flavor to your iced tea. What happened in my fucking Chilliwack? You just fucking blew my mind, lemonade ice cubes. Yeah. I'm fucking thinking all the time, dude. I'm trying to fucking make it all happen for all of us. Or we pour it over some lemon sorbet. Get really weird. Should you get hold of Flat Shed? He's got somebody he wants to put on the show. Sure, if I have Flathead's email. All you gotta do is put out a fucking. Just put a rail up on a fucking big light and let it go up the night sky. <laughs> He'll be there. The flat signal. I do have flat. I really do feel bad that Flats knows me better than you. And I haven't seen him in like a decade. You've never once cared about me, Fez. I care about you. I just missed one Chilliwack song. No, I could come up with a million different things. Remember the time I went to the hospital and you wouldn't come over? You know what he said? What? Sorry, I gotta take a big giant shit. That's more important, Fez. I go for four days. I'm in there for four days. Flat sent me fucking flowers. Um, and then the uncomfortable Christmas gift, which was the lowest point of all. That fucking bad. I don't want to say bad, but that uncomfortable. <laughs> and I would, I would not want to bitch about it, but I know for a fact Liz feels... Uh, so sad about Fez not liking the shirt that they got Shrek a love bought that shirt for him too which looks great on him and has made him have a great show today mm-hmm. I don't think Holly cares more I don't think she was really involved in that she had nothing to do with it man we all know Oh, yeah. Remember he lost the um, test because he didn't know my first friend in the world, what his name was, Stuffy Banco. That was my first best friend I ever made. He lived up the street. It's sad. Fez doesn't know anything, man. I know to email Hard Rock Johnny back when there's a party coming We're talking up. about you and Ron's relationship. You're right. You are Hard you're, Rock Johnny's best friend. No one ever said you weren't. You're deflecting onto me. He's not deflecting, he's ignoring me. That's his way of, you know, that's the games he plays. Sometimes I think if I want to fucking send a message to Fez, I should write it on the back of Hard Rock Johnny's nuts. It's the only way Fez will read it. <laughs> I don't want any of this talk when Ray Davies comes rolling in. All right. This is Ray's third time being with us. That's really cool. This fucking uh, this book that he did uh, made me so sad because you go through the, you know, he got shot. And have you ever had that kind of trauma into your life where it stays, you know what I mean? Something like fucked up happens, yeah. Yeah, something really fucked up happens. Yeah, of course. So then you have to not only deal with the fact 
that this happened, but like, hey, that person, is he still out there? Is he going to come back and try anything? The guy that shot, this is how fucked up America is. You shoot Ray Davies, a rock star. They know who did it, and they haven't arrested him. They, dead to rights, they know, like, the fucking guy. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make it, it's fucking crazy. That's, if it was the apocalypse, yeah, but we have fucking laws here, don't we? Why would you bring up the apocalypse well, out of nowhere? Well, it no seems, one was ready for that analogy. If you could just light what up. What is this, the apocalypse? <laughs> if you could just light up a rock star and nothing happens to you, that means fucking law is broken down and anarchy's fucking set in. Yeah, it's called New Orleans. <laughs> oh, yeah, all right. Christ. Give me a break, man. Fucking send the cops up up in that motherfucker's house. They went. They said he moved. The guy moved. I'm not even making this shit up. <laughs> I'm not even making this shit up. This no. is Ray Davies. The man no. who gave us Superman. I want to fly like a Superman. So not only that, did he get shot... And it kind of shattered the bone, and he had to have some titanium plate put in there. And he wasn't a young man when this happened. So when you get shot when you're older, there's a lot of people who thought that's what happened to Ronald Reagan, why he ended up going, you know. Oh, yeah? Uh, because he got shot when you're too old to actually, for your body to take that kind of trauma. Christ. I don't know, man. I'm just telling you. So he had to deal with that. But here's the thing about Ray. I mean, he's a beautiful writer. He writes rock and roll songs, but then there are these sweet ballads that he writes and these weird little songs. I mean, he's just a great writer above all else. And um, some of the stuff he wrote about what he was going through at the time. And it really comes off as optimistic. And, you know, we talk about the trauma thing being tough. A lot of these guys come back from Afghanistan and Iraq. And the trauma is rougher on them than any of the physical things that happen. Because you tend not to feel safe again. And guys will start sleeping with a gun in their bed or whatever. Yeah. Or thinking that their chick is up to something when she's not. And that's why when you do, you know, when there's some kind of trauma in a family, it affects everybody. You know, like when your dad used to beat your mom up and you felt like... He never beat her up. Let me see this. It was one of the few things that didn't go down. All right, then I got the wrong information. Vito, I need new prep. <laughs> Why is Vito prepping me for you? Well, we don't want it to go wrong. We never want it to go wrong. Um, so... Ray Davies, just a little bit. What's your favorite King song of all time? Let me guess. Lola? He really got me. Really? Yeah. So he should have quit when he was like 17. No. <laughs> just saying, fucking, that fucking shit was the bomb. Destroyer's also awesome. Paranoia, big destroyer. It's, bad. it's a badass fucking song. Well, personally, I think... Uh, Waterloo Sunset is one of the greatest songs ever written. But we normally play that when we bring them in. The yeah, last time we did. This is our third time with Ray Davies. That's fucking terrific to me. A legend. Just keeps swinging by. Yeah, he's a legend. He's a legend among men. Hope enough people get that. 
I understand. I don't care what other people do, Chris. That's the difference between me and you. Yeah. I don't sit around and live my life so I get likes on my Facebook. Look, the way you do. You got to break the, that fucking plane. And once you get, you know, then it starts rolling. Once people see that, there's that many likes, then they jump on, you know? Is that what you want? A bunch of followers? A bunch of likes? Mm -hmm. You know, I haven't been back to my MySpace page in two weeks. Wait, you were on my MySpace I'm two still weeks on ago? It. Yeah. Still on it. I put up some pictures of my vacation. But no one else is there, though. I know. I like to get away from it all. I like to think of my MySpace <laughs> as a social vacation. Wow, I got no uh, mail or... Really, there's no, not much happening on this page or anyone else's. So what? I'm not like you where I have to be the belle of the ball to feel good about myself. God, social media is just so fun. You know who else is saying that you won't get in touch with them who? and they think that we're upset who? is Stalker Patty. I, I talked to her three days ago. Well, that's when she first wrote in that, is there something wrong? Nothing's wrong. It. That's weird. No, I, I, I'm in touch with her. Everything's fine with Patty. You're touching her? I'm not touching her. I'm in touch with her. I would never touch Patty. Oh, that's mean. She's pretty. No, I'm just respe being respectful to her. Really? That's, that's respectful? To ignore someone? No, it's not ignoring her. She also says she's thinks she's fairly sure you're the person who pissed on her pillow. <laughs> I actually did sign to Facebook for the first time in like months, and I saw I saw that Patty fucking messaged me. It's like what the fuck? Oh shit! Yeah, hey Patty, how's it going? Here, email me. It's a better way to get to me. I don't know. I don't know. Here's uh, Ken, Jersey. Hey guys, how are you? Good man. I like I like your idea about the uh, the lemonade ice cubes. Yeah. But how about coffee ice cubes in your iced coffee? All right. So it doesn't dilute. My... It's a million dollar idea. Uh, all it is is ripping off my lemonade idea. You're That's full of shit. That's all it is. You're full of shit. You're simply fucking stealing the beautiful million dollar lemonade idea. Do you like being a fucking thief? <laughs> Why are you writing constantly? I just I I don't have a pen. I have a sharpie, and it, it's just loud. And I don't. I, so I turn my mic off. Yes. Okay. Yes, Chris. Jesus Christ, just ask me these things. You can simply say that on the air. <laughs> I apologize. Yeah, you can blow Fez later. I never fucking wrote that. I swear to I God. Act homophobic, dude. I don't like it. I'm not being homophobic. Fez, you know, even though Fez isn't my best friend anymore, because no. like, now it's flats, but I do want him to be happy. How do you like... You were there for my meeting with Fez yesterday. Yes. Is he not a fucking new person? He's a different person. It's How long will it last? <laughs> Tell the truth. You really... All right, maybe a third of, through, a third of the way through tomorrow's show. I'll take those. I'll take that action. <laughs> Unless he does something else new tonight that he doesn't tell us about, do something new with his, himself, yeah, third of the way. But if he goes out like shopping for fucking clothes or something weird like that, yeah, that might fucking give him a little bit more of a run. <laughs> and you were laughing yesterday during some of it when I was saying, well, when do you know it's time to be Todd again? Am I talking to Todd or Fez? What the fuck? That's the yeah. That's the best. What do I know when I'm talking to? That's that was my favorite part. Well, not favorite, but just the one that got you know the chuckle out of me. 
Ooh. Yeah, we want to book the guy that Flats wants us to book. Okay. It's a rock god, actually. I'll be in touch with Flats then. I never did hear back from Jill. Do we go to. Um, we should, do we got a break? Yeah, we should break. Why don't we break? And by the time we get back, we will have uh, Mr. Ray Davies. Mm -hmm. All right, let's break. And we come back, the one and only Ray Davies. You're enjoying the Ron and Fez show on Sirius XM's Opie and Anthony channel. More in moments. Mr. Jones, my next door neighbor I feel I've known you all my life I haven't seen you for a while now How's the family? How's that beautiful wife? I hope your dreams were not forgotten And you've become downtrodden Get your Get your wealth together Get yourself together, Jones You are my next door neighbor Mr. Brown, you're so ambitious You ran off with an Essex blonde You robbed the bank to keep two women Now it's all gone wrong Now you're right back where you started Still, you shouldn't be broken hearted Get your mind together We can still climb together A step at a time together Wrong, your world was turned upside down Another story I wonder what became of him They say He threw the telly through the window He went berserk and jacked the whole world in They say he may have hit rock bottom Still, he went out with a bang So he is not forgotten Together, our rouse and our rifts. 
together But let's learn to forgive together Smith, you were my next door neighbour Jones, you were my next door neighbour Brown, you were my next door neighbor. Ray Davies in studio with us again, and this time for a memoir, Americana is the name of it. Ray, great to see you again, buddy. Good to see you, man. Uh, this book is... Well, it's fascinating on so many levels, but a big part of it is this wrestling match, I think, that we all go through with, in America. Yeah. You know, this kind of love and then what the fuck that we all have with America. Yeah. Um, you have toured this country, do you even know how many times? I don't. I know the first two times. The first time we came here in the mid-60s was a c catastrophe, mm -hmm. which resulted in a ban by the American unions. So we couldn't come back for four years, which the book goes into. And then we, when we came back, we just, the only way we could really make our mark here, because when we couldn't tour, it was pre-MTV. You mm -hmm. couldn't get on TV, couldn't get on the radio, really, unless you toured. So it was really relentless touring, one tour after another, sometimes three, four times a year. Just slugging it out, just battling back to really your rightful place, because for a band, those first couple of years are so important mm. to play live and establish yourself sure. with the audience. And it was a British invasion, of course. Yeah. You know, we couldn't tour here. I think it took the big years away from us when we could have played things like Monterey, Woodstock. Actually, maybe they did us a favor by <laughs> <laughs> but, Well, but that that is in, in the formative years when we we're having lots of hits. Yeah, singles hits. We, 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 we couldn't play here, and I wrote lots of English English music. Village Green Preservation mm -hmm. Society, Waterloo Sunset, Sunny Afternoon, Days, which became kind of classic hits in England, but they were not they're relatively unknown in America because of that. So when we came back here in the 70s, we just toured relentlessly with albums like Muswell Hillbillies, Everybody's in Show Business, which had songs like Celluloid Heroes on it. So we really started from nowhere again. But the kind of beauty of that from an artistic point of view is that when they put up that block, it forces you to keep writing you you could not rest on your laurels. Well, I was but, like a man possessed with writing. Yeah. We signed with a new label, RCA Records. We started with Muswell Hillbillies, and we went into concept albums, preservation, schoolboys in disgrace, soap opera, which we played right. at Madison Square, got felt for them, and places like the Spectrum, theat theatrical shows. Mm -hmm. And then, then we reached a point where we decided to really crack the market after building a core audience. We, we signed with Clive Davis's Arista label, and that's where the commercial success really started to kick in again. And what is that like to finally meet somebody like Clive, who you feel like you can kind of partner up a little bit on the well, business side? We, the RCA days were great days. They were a great company. But they needed, they were such a vast company, and they had no sense of direction for us. But with Clive, you signed a new label, Arista. And there was, there was a union there. You know, he, mm -hmm. I knew what he wanted, and I... I rented an apartment in New York, stayed here more, 
So I could write songs in the morning and walk down to, to Arista offices on 57th Street, where it was then, and just play new songs to Clive, and we said, you like this, didn't like that. And I'd go in and record them, and it was, it was a great marriage, more than anything else. And most companies really come down to one guy anyway. You know what I mean? Like you think, this, oh, this is a big company, but if you're not connecting with the one guy, it doesn't matter where you are. Well, it's different now. You have to connect with a whole committee. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. But then, you know, we, we lucked out. And Clive and I had met in the 60s when he ran Columbia mm -hmm. with uh, Walter Yetnikoff. And I go into that in some detail. And it, I think he saw my my potential as a, as a what they call in those days AOR crossover. Sure. And that's what he wanted the Kinks to fulfill. Not to, completely to my liking, but again, I understood his philosophy, mm -hmm. and he understood. And more than anything else, you know, Kinks are a, a strange bunch of right. songs. You know, songs like Lola. Then you've got hard songs like You Really Got Me All Day and All of the Night. Yeah. And then you've got sensitive songs like Celluloid Heroes. But Clive, more than other companies, understood the the Ray Davis Kinks world of writing. Because, and I think it has something to do with your soul itself. There's always something dissatisfied, I think. And whatever, as you moved into the next place, mm. you, you you seem like you just take on uh, new challenges, new types of music, new personas. Yeah, I think the constant thing with the Kinks, you know, those first hits, you really got me all down all the night, tired of waiting, the big riff song. Yeah. But underneath there, there was kind of kind of a sensitive person mm -hmm. getting through. I could write songs, ridiculous songs like "Dedicated Follower of Fashion," right, and "Well-Respected Man," which were observational songs. So it took an audience. We, you know, I always say Mick in Stones is always jumping Jack Flash. You know where he's coming from, right? But me as a front man, I'm like an actor getting to different roles for different songs, and then also appealing to different audiences. Um, Wes yeah. Anderson loves putting your music yeah. in his movies, and then all these young people are like, "Wait, what the hell is this? Where did, yeah. is this new? Where did it come from?" Well, I I did an album a couple of years ago called uh, I think it was Collaborations, mm -hmm. and Mumford and Sons did a song called This Time Tomorrow, which is a relatively unknown King song, and they had seen it in Wes's film. Um, I forget what it was called now, Darjeeling Limited, right? And we did a great version in with Mumford's, who were great to work with in the studio. And now the song has become part of my repertoire when I play live. So uh, these things, what goes around, comes around. Yeah, it really does, particularly if for that Ray Davies thing of just never giving up, just constantly pushing it. And again, I think that has a lot to do with when you started to real the writing that you were doing in the 70s and, and 80s, your peers from the 1960s were already, I don't know, either sitting around the pool or getting together and doing oldie shows. Yeah. But your stuff is always new. You're I always think the, the struggle after the band, as, as I say in Americana, Americana book is, is about that journey back and what drove us to get back to America mm -hmm. and what instilled the energy in us. And, because we were particularly English, particularly during the band, I wrote very, very English material which I say, to be fair, Mo Austin at Warner's and Reprise did their best to launch some sort of kinks campaign while we were with the band. Mm -hmm. And when we came back, there was a core 
underground kind of audience ready for us and it was perfect for the times because when we came back there were bands like Frank Zappa Mothers of Invention The Doors yeah. and we we had some sort of on the wave of that a rebirth in many respects um, you talk about America do you, did you see the changes since the first time you came over do, is the is the change a constant in this country as well it does what I've tried to do is parallel our career with American journey mm -hmm. because when we first came here you know uh, Kennedy had just been shot a few years earlier but so much was suppressed and even more conservative than it is now and that's why we were banned I think we had sort of radical it's stupid English sense of sensibility that people didn't really first time I came through the American immigration the immigration man said Are you a beetle or a girl? <laughs> and I said, I'm a girl and so is my brother. <laughs> so, we, so I knew we wouldn't hit it off. And it's to do with sensibility. But during the British invasion, when we came back four years later, there was a new American humor. Mm -hmm. Humor had changed, TV had changed, attitudes had changed. Of course, there was civil rights movement, which I talk about in the book. And, and I think it paralleled our journey. Yeah. Because during that four years, and you had the space race. Right. And I'll talk about a fantastic confrontation I had with uh, Joe Fraser, the heavyweight champion of the world. I met, I met him in Howard Johnson's on 8th <laughs> Avenue. And someone had spiked my drink the night before I played Lincoln Center somewhere. Mm -hmm. Just I went on stage, somebody gave me a drink, which I thought was Coca-Cola. And it was spiked. A little something extra. Yeah. And uh, I wandered around the city all night and I ended up on this Howard Johnson's, which is not a great part of 8th Avenue. No. Maybe it's not anymore. But, uh, and I jumped, jumped in the line. This guy next to me said, hey, don't, wait your turn. I said, all right, man, don't, don't give me a hard time. What, what, who are you? He said, my name's Joe Fraser. I'm the heavyweight champion of the world. So even great champions after we have Johnson. Oh, absolutely. This book could have been, uh, you know, we really should take a moment to say you could have been shot a lot of times. Not oh, yeah. just the ones. Yeah. Wandering the, around. The, the, the critics often try. But <laughs> <laughs> well, wandering around um, New York tripping in the middle of the night back in those days, not the best idea you've no, ever had. No. But, you know, when you're young and innocent, you do that. Absolutely. When, when I was in New Orleans, I, when I stayed down, I used to go jogging at night in the Treme area <laughs> as if it was Muswell Hill in London. <laughs> People say, you don't do that. <laughs> but but when, when, I, when I got attacked, it was in bright daylight and unexpected and uh, and the book goes into a lot of detail about that time the book does go into a lot of detail and it's amazing writing by the way i mean it takes you right to that so, uh, there was occasional times i had to put it down for a couple of minutes because this is something that could happen to anyone at any time and we always sit around and talk about well at least i have my health but when you lose your health mm. nothing is more important yeah and the amazing thing about me down there you know i love the city even still it's, it's a great city but the th thing with me is i lost my identity for a few hours mm -hmm. i was this person called unknown purple which is a wristband they put on me because i lost all my id no <laughs> i'm not i'm not the most well-known face in the rock music world right so i was an, 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 an anonymous person on a stretcher called unknown purple and it, it goes into that whole identity thing. I didn't have a music entourage with me. I didn't have a tour entourage with me. 
to basically by myself apart from a few good friends I had there in New Orleans. So it, it was a life-changing experience. And did that change your writing too? Did that change the way you started to approach music after well, that? What I did, I was so frightened in hospital because it wasn't just a gunshot. It was all things to do with your heart and mm -hmm. your pulse rate and a lot of other scares. I did to keep my mind occupied. I wrote lyrics on, on a notepad in the hospital. And out of that came many of the new songs that are quoted in the book. So that's the way I get out of trouble. When in, tr in trouble, I write, write my way out of it. But those uh, songs, too, are so sentimental in interesting ways that you know you would think you could become more cynical from mm. something like that happening but these songs i think embrace life more than maybe any of your other music i think it uh nothing else i think millions of people have been in this situation and i'd just like to say at this point what happened to me i got shot and i had a lot of medical problems as a result but in the the big picture with what happens in the world every day it's the equivalent of a toothache mm -hmm. but, but at the same time it's big for me and it puts, puts life in perspective and maybe makes you write things probably I would have written things differently if this thing hadn't happened mm -hmm. to me so it has, has uh, entered my creative spirit and made me rethink a lot of issues well even when you said well, it's just a toothache a toothache is not a big thing until it's yours you know yeah, what i mean yeah. so when you're dealing with physical pain or psychic trauma which yeah. takes place from a, an attack it's very difficult to think of anything else mm, yeah and to come out of that yeah. um is always a an extreme uh i think spiritual change yeah. on some level you talk about trauma victims all all the big issues with vets you know mm -hmm. vietnam war the iraq afghanistan terrible trauma those people are going through i hope in some way that i can through my own small problem, absolutely yeah. highlight some of the issues that are going on there because there's a terrible issue that has to be addressed all over all over the world to expat uh, yeah like and it's military. It, it's horrible and when you find out that someone else has experienced it it helps you to think that okay what is happening to me is okay you know what i mean like a, i'm mm. not crazy this is something that that goes on when you've been through yeah. when you've been through trauma yeah i think near the end of the book when i kind of rationalize what's happening to me and some of these songs i did write at the time are going to be recorded soon so there'll be a new music with it but it's um it, it is it's putting life in perspective yeah yeah and then you find out when you've been through something traumatic, if you turned on the TV, for some reason we treat trauma as entertainment. Mm. So you're constantly seeing people shooting each other yeah. in movies. And when I go in, in, in the book, when I'm in trauma room, they've got a TV above my bed showing a James Bond marathon. Yeah. People get shot every five seconds. <laughs> yeah. It's the last thing you, <laughs> it's the last thing you want. Yeah. Um, and then you're like, well, what the hell has been wrong with me? I've been watching this kind of stuff yeah. for years. Yeah. But when it happens, it's it's not entertainment. It's yeah. not a game. Yeah, I know. There was all, and this is also an amazing thing about America. The person who shot you has still never been brought to justice. Yeah. I, I know his name. I know where he lives. But you have to join the queue if you want to get him.
<laughs> Isn't that amazing? Well, that's the way it is. Yeah. And that's, it says a lot about the justice system in Louisiana. You know, the government doesn't give enough funds to mm -hmm. public defendants. They can't afford public defendants. Most of these characters can't, do, can't afford that. And uh, they'd almost like people to go free rather than go through the expense of Funny, funny thing in the book I talk about when I was on the stretcher on the gurney, being attended, having my leg pumped for the residue. There was there two guys next to me who tried in chains from Louisiana State <laughs> Penitentiary, <laughs> penitentiary <laughs> complaining, <laughs> complaining they were not being seen fast enough. <laughs> so here you are, the victim, sitting, laying right next to two guys who yeah. probably would have done it yeah. if they would have had the chance. But here, everyone rests comfortably in this room. One of one of them been shot because they were trying to escape. <laughs> Um, there's nothing like New Orleans, though, is there? It's an amazingly nothing like it. Yeah, it's amazingly strange, dark. I think that's the attraction thing. to a lot of people. The, yeah, the danger, and it's uh, and it is living on the kind of wild side for a few days, listening to great music, which mm -hmm. there is down there. The thing I first liked about it is that it's not. There's no musical snobbery down there. No, you play play country, you play rock, you play jazz. There's a great musical community there. It's just that I got on the wrong side, and I, got, you know, lucky I'm here. You know. Yeah, I mean, obviously, this could have taken place in New York, Seattle, San Francisco. Does but after it happened to me, I went back to London to a rough part where I grew up. Yeah. And I didn't feel frightened walking down the street anymore. <laughs> You'd been through it. Yeah. What else can those bastards do now? Yeah. Um, there are some people who thought, oh, maybe if Ray would have had a gun on him, this wouldn't have happened. Did that yeah. ever occur to you? No, it never occurred to me at all. You know, I, it would not force me to, I know the gun, to right to carry weapons in this country is a big issue. It would not make me want to carry a gun. I'd probably use it too much. Yeah, with 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 some of the scraps you've been in over the years. Yeah. Well, your gun has been your guitar many, many yeah, times. We're lucky. We're yeah. lucky. That's our shotgun. <laughs> it's an instrument and a weapon. Uh, there's so many great stories that you go through here. And uh, one of my favorite things is you and Bill Graham scrapping oh, yeah. over different yeah. things. Yeah. But just to have a good Bill Graham fight in your past. Yeah, uh, and come through it. Yeah, and come through it the same way. Yeah. Uh, so many great stories, but it's always about music yeah. for you, right? It's been an obsession since you were a kid. Yeah, I, I don't know why music... I say in the book, yeah, I'm a lousy communicator apart from my songs. Mm -hmm. There's a lot to do with me. I've, music... You know, I had a, issues when I was a kid. I had to go to special schools because I you know, didn't communicate with my school people. And I learned through, through those classes to, to use art, then music... To, to be a voice and i think a lot of kids out there now without music you know they'll be lost and that's why i was trying to develop this music program in new orleans with mm. a local marching band i was going to work with them to develop new, new them to write new music instead of just doing the classics at mardi gras because it's a short leap from being a school kid in new orleans as it is now in most parts of america yeah but there particularly there was not many chances you either be a waiter, get a menial job, or you get into drug culture, which is you know always waiting around the corner. And the music music therapy clinic was was something I was trying to set up there. The uh, the 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 interesting part of that too, uh, when talking about kids, 
is that so many times we look at them at that age and want them to be normal, you know, like, oh, make sure they take these classes and have a normal life. But so many times when kids don't fit in, it's because they're extraordinary. You know, there's other things that they could do besides just following along. When I was down there, I was trying to create an exchange program from the school that was called John McDonough School on Esplanade Avenue. And... uh, a school in East London called Hackney School, where the demographic is roughly the same. So I'm mm-hmm. trying to get a way for them to exchange cultures and all the, on the way to doing that when this happened. I'm just saying how much they're alike as well as being different yeah. at that age. But, but the lives, you know, the mu- music is, is different. A lot of those kids wouldn't have known my music that I was mm-hmm. working with. But it's not the music so much; it's the spirit behind it and what the music does to allow allow, allow people, particularly deprived kids mm. who don't have much choice, a way to express themselves. And if music can do that, whether it's be through rap or whether it's through hip hop or rock music or folk music, is an important thing to instill in them. Yeah, because we don't even understand what we love about music. We can't. We, you know, we sit around and talk about it, but you can never put into words the way sometimes. A song, an album will pull you out of a certain period or, quite frankly, just change your life in ways that you don't consciously understand. I think the concept of Americana being music is not rockabilly country, which which I love when I started out. Mm -hmm. I go into great depths, deep sort of writing about that. But Americana music is changing. You've got urban music now. And it's not... I don't think there should be... That's why I love New Orleans. It wasn't a delineation between rock music, jazz. It was all music. Mm. And if music, if you can tap your foot to all music, it's a start. And the beauty of it is down there is that it's played live. And that's the important thing. You know, it's one thing to listen to recorded music, but when you're out somewhere and it's live music, it's church. That's what I loved about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The book is terrific, Ray, but... Uh, I wouldn't have expected anything else. You've written some of the greatest songs of all time and now a couple of great memoirs. And uh, this is a fantastic one. As we say, if you love uh, music it's a, and, and writing, because not a lot of people can sit down and explain where their heads were, where they wrote s- certain songs, uh, but also a great thing, if anyone's been through trauma, here's a way that to see that there is some light on the other side of that darkness. Yeah. Thank you so much, buddy. My pleasure, man. And I'll see you next time coming through. Yeah, Americana. Americana. Everybody's in movies Doesn't matter who you are There are stars in every city In every house and on every street And if you walk down Hollywood Boulevard Their names are written in concrete Don't step on Greta Carbo As you walk down the boulevard 
looked so weak and fragile. That's why she tried to be so hard. But they turned her into a princess, and they sat her on a throne. But she turned her back on stardom because she wanted to be alone. In vain, Rudolph Valentino looks very much alive, and he looks up ladies' dresses as they sadly pass him by. Avoid stepping on Balagosi, cause he's liable to turn and bite. Such a lonely life. If you covered him with garbage, George Sanders would still have style. And if you stamped on Mickey Rooney, he would still turn round and smile. But please don't tread on dearest Marilyn, 'cause she's not very tough. She should have been made. Everybody's in showbiz. It doesn't matter who you are. And those who are successful, be always on your guard. Success walks hand in hand with failure along Hollywood Boulevard. I wish my life was a non-stop Hollywood. That's the great Ray Davies.、Uh, his book, Americana, The Kinks, The Road, The Perfect Riff, available everywhere、uh, that you can get a book online, offline, book places, Amazon. Ray Davies,、uh, seriously one of the great rock and roll poets of all time, and now a buddy of ours. Three times, got three the hat trick. Three times, we ought to do the three-time class. All right, I'm gonna fuck it.、Uh, Gene Davis.
Not Gina Davis. Gina Gershon. She's three timer. Oh yeah, she's a three timer. She's. You love her? Yeah. <laughs> that was my first week. So like, I sat in the I sat in the booth and I just like looked over. And I was you know, like, here was the weirdest thing. The last time she was in, we've had her on a couple of times, but she brought up Raquel Welsh, and when I was looking at her, it's like her face transformed into young Raquel Welsh. I'm like, oh my god, I never noticed. They're identical. Spot on. She's a looker too. They're all luckers. Raquel Welch. Yeah. You like that Vito? Yeah. How about you, Fez? Raquel Welch. Eh. Fez, you've got an offer right now um, from Chris. Well, it's not from Chris, but it was sent to you. Yeah. Um, Sam tells me that DJ Who Kid was hearing your your woes about not being able to find a dude and wants to take you out to the club this Saturday. What kind of club? Duck club. <laughs> All right. No. No, I decline the offer. This is coming from Sam. Sam's relaying the message. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, this I smell set up and no thank you. I'm not falling falling into Sam's trap. Well, one. if you went with Who Kid, I don't I think Who Kid can be trusted. Yeah, I mean, he's some... always hanging with Fitty. Hell yeah. He's the man's fucking DJ. I don't even know if Who Kid is part of this for real with it coming from Sam. Well, I don't have Who Kid's phone number, so he couldn't text me himself. Is this because Carrie just came out last weekend and you see yourself as Sirius XM Carrie? I'm going to end up with a bucket of pig's blood all over me. It isn't pig blood you're going to end up with all over you. <laughs> Disgusting. Something much, much worse. Or better. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Vito. Really? Right. In that community, a bucket of it would be fucking good? Yeah, that's disgusting. <laughs> and any, anyone, no one wants a bucket of semen. Oh. Let's just I didn't say even it. mean semen. I, I don't know how you made that lip, leap or lip. <laughs> so do you want to go? No, I don't want to go. I uh, uh, No, I am not going. You're going to be so cool when you get there. Everybody's going to like you. It's gonna You're going to be the prom queen. Wear your new shirt. <laughs> Mark Zito is wearing this exact same shirt today that I'm getting all the compliments on. Um, no, you haven't gotten any compliments other than on this show, you idiot. <laughs> and it's me and Chris. Yeah. And I even got a thing from Holly in Seattle who wrote, Ha ha, he's wearing the shirt. We knew he would. I guess they set you up. They got you a smaller shirt just to see if you would put it on and wear it. Yeah, I squeezed into it to be nice. No, they did it as a joke, Gary. Oh, see? See, this is exactly now, what's going on with Sam and Who Kid. Why don't you go out with Who Kid and maybe you'll be able to, you know, guess some. Party up a little bit. I didn't know Who Kid was so gay. I guess with the name Who Kid, it's got to be gay. I didn't know either. It smells very suspicious to me. That's racist, dude. He'll get fed some dick, I guess. You know? Some what? Some dick. Uh, his. <laughs> if, if he wants to. They can go to Jersey and get married if they want to. That's nice. Big Chris Christie now managed to get around the gay thing and said, Hey, I said I was against it, but now it's law, and now I'll fight to protect it. So the gays are like, he likes us. Good for Chris Christie. I don't know how he keeps, you know, he's a winner no matter what happens. Yeah. Chris Christie. <laughs> keeps dodging everything. Coming up on the sunny side of it. Well, that's how you ought to do it. You don't trust Sam anymore? 
No. I no. noticed you and Sam didn't talk to each other. No. Is it because it's October? Yes, he's lost my trust. He's lost any confidence I had in him. I didn't know that you had trust or confidence in him. I might have at one time. It's all gone. I can see you all oxied up on his show like Jenna Jameson. I can't get to see anybody. Look, she, she, wants, she wants to see her kids. They charge her to see her kids. Good. Pay up. Four, we'll see them. $400. Yeah, $400 an hour. It's well worth it. Because they got to fucking pay people to watch over, right? Yeah. yeah. they got to put fucking guards up in the goddamn fences. Mm -hmm. Fucking machine guns aimed down on her. It's a crosshair on her head the entire time. You're so gross. <sighs> I know what a crosshair is. It's a pubic hair. <laughs> Thanks, Vito. I like that one. Yes. Vito, people are going crazy over your uh, caption contest. They're loving it. I just wish my shirt was buttoned the right way. In hindsight, all I was thinking about was, wait, what did she think? How many uh, responded so far? Uh, well over 350. Nice. Bang, bang. You want to start and call you Bang Bang? No. Guys, Jack. Queef. We're going to pick one of those for tomorrow's uh, Million Days of Christmas winner. What do they win, Seinfest? That is a season of Charmed on DVD, signed by Miss Alyssa Milano, who oh. you see posing with Vito. That's a great prize. I wish I had it right now. I'd be watching it. It's been favorited a bunch of times on Twitter. That's great. You're getting popular, Mr. Popularity. It's popularity over here. Um, Tom, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, guys. Great interview, Ron. You know, I've been thinking about Fez, and I've decided that, first of all, I love when you asked him about going to the club, and he said, what kind of club? Yeah. But uh, Fezzy reminds me of Dr. Smith from uh, Lost in Space. He's the Dr. Smith of the show. You know, gay, liar, pedophile. Um, guilty as charged. But Fez's thing... I am thing, not a liar. Fez's thing is to always answer a question with a question. Um, Fez, what the... What are you doing with that? Why that. don't you have to? Like this, I've had to wear this for what? It's not perfect. But it's a nice shirt, though. Uh, one more mention, Fezzy, to the MS that we got coming up. Coming up on Friday, November 1st, that is Artie Lang. Artie Lang will be the guest on the next Unmasked, talking about his new book, Crash and Burn. Talking about some of the trials and tribulations he's been through. November 1st, that's a Friday afternoon for Unmasked. Go to the iBang now to uh, try to be in the studio audience. You know, the Unmasked shows that we've done on Raw Dog have been some of the best experiences of my life. It's always so funny, and then I ended up learning things about people but it's tremendous that you there's something about comics that this weird journey that they each take and how self-reliance comes a part of it overcoming obstacles it's never easy on anyone the only person that's ever been easy for is Fess that's the only thing person that life has been easy for that's fucking wild hmm that's your way of saying I got no comment for you whatsoever. Oh, I'll give you this thing on, uh, like, tell me a statement and I'll be Chris Stanley. So just give me any statement. Uh, the World Series starts on Wednesday night. Fucking lighten it up. Motherfuckers are going crazy. Fucking, I don't give a shit how many people fuck it, man. They're going to be, you know, it's fucking cool, Dad. Come on, you know what I'm saying. And it'll just do that thing where he's like... It's my turn to say some sentences. <laughs> there, I'm not going to give any thought about it whatsoever. Just act like, fuck, 
It's all fucking lighting up, man. Fuck it. Sadly, I thought it was tonight, the World Series. I still don't know who I'm rooting for. I've never rooted against the National League, ever. Yeah. In my life. But then Boston bombing. Do it for Boston. Boston strong. I'll have to make my decision tomorrow. Do it for Big Poppy. Can you put I, two hats on the table and, like, pick one? Like a Lee Corso thing? Like, yeah, like, like an NCAA That's a really like great like idea. It's always that when Vito has an idea, it's something he just saw on TV. <laughs> <laughs> he actually, I said, you got any bets for the show? He goes, what if we all went on an island and we had tribes and then we had to put our, our torches out and leave? That was a good one. And then I go, no, we're not going to do that. He goes, I'm saying why a bunch of people turn their chairs around to be nice to us. Vito. Look at that little body. Thanks. Not you. Uh, you should have taken the undershirt off too, Vito. You should have. <laughs> you look fucking gay all fucking locked up like that. You look like you're crouching for a fart too. You got me confused. <laughs> uh, anything else we need to plug? Just unmasked again. Audie Lang. Go to the eye bang. Friday, November 1st, 2 p.m. Um, oh, there's a Lady Gaga in a G-string Terry Richardson picture that went out there. Lady Gaga, worked at the same club bar as you, has a nicer ass than you do. America is no longer the fattest nation. All right. Sorry, America. And you'll be able to start texting in movie theaters. Mainly because you won't stop texting in the movie theaters anyway. Yeah, people already fucking do. It's already happening. <laughs> or Facebook. I say if they can text there, you can smoke there. My dad smoked in the movie theaters since the 90s. Fucking, it was fucking impossible to go to a goddamn movie theater with a the dude. It was great, though, because if the movie was bad, you just looked up and watched the smoke moving around. You're like, that fucking looks cool. Look, I kind of feel like we're showing a movie on that smoke. It adds atmosphere. It does. Sometimes I would just take a smoke pot and just try to fill the theater up with it. <laughs> Vito, today is your day, your big day. I want you to come over and hit the donk. Okay. You're going to be the first person who gets a chance to hit the donk. Hit it. Donk time. And that's the end of my show, donk. Russell Peters, he's on Netflix, and he is, what is he? He's Notorious. Notorious, the brand new comedy special from Netflix, starring Russell Peters. It's part of their exclusive programming, stuff you're only going to find on Netflix. They bring you all the great exclusive stuff, House of Cards, Orange is the New Black, Arrested Development, and now teaming up with Russell Peters. Russell Peters' Notorious, the comedy special, plus the new four-part series that's now streaming only on Netflix, Russell Peters vs. the World. Takes you behind the scenes on Russell's tour, has plenty of great outtakes, talks with his friends and family. You get to see how Russell Peters is living as he's globetrotting across the world. Russell Peters' Notorious and Russell Peters vs. the World, now exclusively streaming and only on Netflix.